0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Yak Podcast. My name is Kevin. And Jonathan. And our usual co-host John is not here today because he and his wife Nicole now are parents. So we would like to wish them all the best. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) We've replaced him with another John.
2: Yes. A lot of of Johns in your lives. A lot of Johns. Better John. (laughs)
0: yeah the one who actually like you know kept on for movies instead of sacrificing for his family but you know whatever yeah yeah. Yeah. i've always
2: been i've always told my wife no no kids because i have movies to watch (laughs) that's right (laughs) she's you know she's respected that so far yeah how you guys doing
1: uh doing pretty good cool not too bad took a week off from the podcast and actually watched some movies so, that that's good.
0: So, just from the podcast, you didn't take a week off from work? No, oh, no. Oh.
1: <laughs> that would be great.
0: Yeah, because I was, like, the whole time I was thinking you would take it off from work, and it was like...
1: No, I just... I didn't see myself watching anything, so... Okay. But, yeah, I've got a few now.
2: Cool. And I share, you know, I have the same career as, uh, as former John, other John, mm. and I just, you know, it's very curious that he... His wife managed to have a baby right as uh, the shittiest part of our year is coming up with that spring testing that we have every year. That's right. And he's like, sorry, school. I can't be there for sitting in a classroom and just watching kids take a (laughs) test all day. Jeez. Can't say I blame him. Lucky him. Yeah. (laughs) Is that still, like, such,
0: like... Like, from the beginning of the school year on, like, you're just getting to that moment and then everything else is, like, downhill until the end of the year? Right.
2: I mean, principals build it up so much that Mm -hmm. when state testing is over, kids just think it's summer and they have, you know, it's like (laughs) a a month of babysitting. Right. But, you know, and principals are always like, we don't teach for the test, but make sure that you're teaching Mm. to this test. Wow. Right. Yeah, it's a fun system. <laughs> Education is wonderful. Indeed. Especially in Louisiana. Yes. It's the best. Yes.
1: Best in the
3: country, right?
2: Uh, I think so we're like, whatever.
1: Yeah, top, yeah, top, yeah. Top three? Or Easy. Think, yeah, we're at the top
2: Easy. of some list, I think, if you flip it <laughs> upside <Yeah>. down. <laughs> well, I think, like like, our
0: particular parish is probably, like, in the lower rungs, but apparently over on, like... Mandeville North Shore, like apparently they have like some of the
2: best in the country.
1: Yeah, I, I know Zachary's like really high up there, right? Like, right in the country.
2: Yeah, yeah. Zach, yeah. Zachary's weird though because it has one high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, does, yeah. that, that helps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Central's the same way, though they're not as good. But, right, you know, right. And uh, yeah, I guess we should. Yeah, don't want to go too far down an no, education no, road. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like you've listened to the
0: podcast. Like this is what we do. You know, we find fo- we follow these blind alleys until you this know. This is we how just... we get the film fans exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Talking
1: about local school districts. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So, um, let's see. Either you guys watch the uh, trailers that uh, other John has put up on the blog recently.
1: I have not. What are they? Um, can't remember. No, <laughs> no, I haven't. Really? I mean, it's been a
0: busy week for me too. Yeah, so, yeah. like, uh, yeah, I, I, sorry, John. Um, like John did all this work. <laughs> Next to give him stuff to talk about. Next just time. Like, yeah, yeah. Nope. Yeah.
1: He didn't text me six times to remind me that watch it.
2: So. Yeah, yeah. That's that's usually that's usually a good good thing. Yeah. Um, it's like stay on top of it, John. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other John. Other John. Yeah.
1: Which John?
0: <laughs> <laughs> John, John and John.
1: Anything you guys are looking forward to seeing coming out soon?
0: Hoping to get around to seeing Isle of Dogs this weekend.
2: Um, yeah. uh let's see. It's like a film goer's responsibility to try and see a Wes Anderson movie as soon as possible. Yeah, it's like or else you kind of have to like give up your your film club card. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't really like Wes Anderson.
0: Yeah. Well, especially since the movie actually came out, what, three weeks ago? And it's, it's like, this is the first week that it's been here in Baton Rouge in theaters. And I think it's only in, like, two of them. So, yeah. like, limited releases like this, you kind of, you know, like, have to make, make it a priority. Otherwise, you're just going to wait to see it on Blu-ray or DVD. So right. Yeah, yeah. And the turnaround on that is not too bad. I mean, I think some movies are actually like available in Redbox, like maybe three days after they leave theaters. So, so it's not it's not too much of a wait, but uh, but still, yeah.
2: I think Black Panther will probably go straight from theaters to to DVD. since oh, yeah. yeah. It's showing no signs of leaving theaters anytime soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it broke. What? Yeah. Uh, a, it's the first Avengers record it broke. Yeah, like a billion. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, billion dollars. Did at you the see the box it?
2: office? Yeah, I saw it Monday. It's on. uh It's on my list of things to talk about. Sweet. Cool. Can't wait to hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, any other news? You guys excited about anything? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't actually like watched the trailer for it, but have you guys seen the thing for Joaquin Phoenix's yes, new movie? I you, were, have. you were never really there.
1: That looks pretty good. I like I like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah,
0: so. me too. And like I, I I saw a tagline for it like a taxi driver for this century, and I don't know how I feel about that, but you know I'm sure that's just marketing,
2: so it's like yeah. whatever. Yeah, the director of that, Lynn Ramsey has made some, some pretty good stuff. Uh, Rat Catcher, Morvern Collar, We Need to Talk About Kevin. Mm. Which are all at least good.
3: Cool. But, yeah,
0: because, like, I rem- That name sounds really familiar, but when you said it, I couldn't think of anything that he'd actually done, but... Yeah, so. So I guess we can get on to what we've been watching. Yeah. So, who wants, uh, I guess... Superior John. Yeah.
1: You go first, definitely.
0: Well, I mean, there's Well, I mean, I guess like, you know, Lesser John, John, Superior John, Super
2: John. So the the John sitting across from me is which John? Mediocre John. <laughs> well, Jonathan. Oh, John. Jonathan. Yeah, I'm not even John. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: I'm sorry. But Neither techni- are, yeah, technically you're a rarity cuz you are John <laughs> as opposed to the yeah. two Jonathan's. You are J O H N.
2: Yeah. Just just John, J O H N. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, is is it? Yes, I'm it just, like it's I'm an interesting I'm, name. I'm like Bible John. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But it just that just reminded me of uh, that scene in Johnny Mnemonic with Henry Rollins. We don't get a lot of that around here. Just Johnny, kind of upper class for us, you know.
2: <laughs> this is another way to bring in the film fans reference. Oh, man. Johnny yeah. Mnemonic, the Johnny greatest Mnemonic. film of all time. That's yes,
1: top ten easy.
3: Yeah, I mean.
0: <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, you can you can talk about you know the Matrix, the Matrix or like Terminator <laughs> or like whatever, but like, I mean, come on, guys, like it's like number one, Johnny Mnemonic, number two,
2: Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. So I am going to start with something that is a uh, is worse than Johnny Mnemonic, Ouch. though I do think I don't I don't necessarily like that movie as much as you guys. <laughs> um, in a I'm a I'm a guy that watches. Uh, I basically choose what I'm watching based on a few things, and one of them is movie like what's going away on Mubi.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Which I like, and one thing that is going away is Trash Humpers, uh, Harmony Korine's 2009 masterpiece. Something. <laughs> <laughs> it's masterpiece. It's something, yeah. and I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it except that you know it's just <laughs> you know air quote old people terrorize. The Nashville area with their <laughs> antics which a include trash hopping and it really is just it, like it, yeah. the ugliest jackass yeah and I um and I, I know I know people that really like this movie and uh I just can't see past just like I'm one it's like a, I love this movie it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's just ridiculous it's just like provocation <laughs> like what what what, what so it's for Jonathan and Jonathan and for no one else I don't understand yeah, it is
1: actually what got me into it was the story of the movie Harmony Kareem wanted to he was just completely disillusioned and he wanted to make just some piece of shit movie and like dub it on VHS and just throw it in a ditch somewhere see if somebody finds it or something like that oh this is and that I was movie like, okay that sounds awesome as hell <laughs> and then yeah it looks like that's the movie <laughs> Like wow it,
2: <laughs> it, do, it does look like that yeah
1: Someone definitely got dug it out of a ditch. But, and,
2: uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> ugly. It's weird, on purpose. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it, it's and I yeah, it should like, be on Adult Swim or something. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I have higher expectations from the late night trash on Adult Swim. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> like if I saw this on Adult Swim, I'd I'd turn it off for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am surprised I didn't I do want turn to it off. I need to rewatch it. Uh, and I mean, <clears throat> look. You know, all I can say about people that like this movie is you're it is your right to be wrong about something. <laughs> Good for you. I hope you watch this every night before you go to bed. Just fake old people humping trash cans. <laughs> trash humpers. What's your I, favorite uh, Harmony Creek movie? Definitely, well before I get to that, I just <laughs> <laughs> Gotta vent. The, that the first scene the first scene is just several just unending shots of these people actually humping trash cans oh god and i i did kind of at f- at first i was like this isn't funny but it's interesting that someone thought this was funny <laughs> yeah and it, the movie didn't really get better from there for me but yeah uh my favorite harmony corinne movie i've only seen Actually, I guess I've seen all of them besides Julian Donkey Boy, but I haven't seen Gummo since I was like 14. Yeah. Um. I mean, right now, my favorite one is Mr. Lonely. Yeah. But that's only because I didn't hate it. Okay, so you're not a fan? Not currently a fan. Yeah. I do want to rewatch Gummo. I do r- you want to Julie. Gummo, and I do watch,
1: watch. Yeah, Julian Donkey Boy. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. found don't... a movie you didn't see. Holy shit. <laughs> there are. Holy... Good. There I don't know if, if you if you look
0: if you look hard enough on Letterbox you'll find ones that he hasn't yeah uh, rated on there, <laughs>
1: that, that's, there not are, that's, that's not, that's that's not true <laughs> that's not true he hasn't
0: seen Surf Ninjas I know that because uh, I looked it up and like nobody I follow on Letterboxd has seen Surf, Surf Ninjas, Ninjas so I
2: haven't clicked watch on that but I absolutely own that DVD it was <laughs> one of my favorite movies as a child yes
3: yes.
0: <laughs> Uh, I yeah I loved that movie as as a kid and I still love it like I don't care how awful it <laughs> seems. Well, that's the funny thing. Like I remember looking it up on IMDb and seeing that it had like I don't know like three a uh, three or four star overall. But then like I clicked on the reviews and they're all like four like, now I'm, uh, IMDb so it's like yeah seven eight eight and a half seven six nine.
2: I mean, it, so like no like really like low reviews. <laughs> so I mean a child controls reality with a Sega handheld system. Yeah. And they surf in their Jeep. You know? And My God. I can't Yeah, moto surfing <laughs> Sounds incredible. And it's very it's a very cool scene for a what year seven is this? year
0: old. Ninety three? Really? Four? Yeah, it's gotta I be
2: it's gotta be have three not or seen four. This? Yeah. Because it, it was not a big movie. Okay.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, I yeah. don't. Yeah. I think I only. S- I don't remember seeing any trailers for it. I think we just got it from Blockbuster or mm. like I, it
2: is one of those movies that just like appeared in Blockbuster one day and you just kind of like yeah yeah like, kids on surfboards I need this yeah and then you look and it's, it's like Sega endorsement that, um what is the name of that system the the handheld like the Game Boy competitor oh the, it, was, uh, it was it was Sega Game Gear the
3: Game, Game Gear, Gear. Yeah. yes yeah.
0: yeah. Um but yeah it's got like um uh Leslie Nielsen plays the bad guy and um it just keeps getting better. Yeah. And Ernie Reyes Jr plays
2: the lead uh ninja. So <laughs> I <think> we're really <laughs> the lead ninja. The lead well he, so yeah. he, Jonathan doesn't know about this movie. No. I
1: really don't so at you, all. Oh
2: wow. Like you I haven't don't. even seen pictures of Rob Schneider in this movie?
1: No. <laughs> I know nothing of this.
2: It's like the weirdest Rob Schneider. Role. I've
1: heard it like referenced a few times. Yeah, like you okay, mentioned right, it right. quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. But yeah.
2: I, I've, I have no idea. Yeah,
1: I'll check it out. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited.
2: Yeah. Oh, and I give, uh, I give Trash Humpers a very generous one and a half out of five. Nice.
1: That's reasonable. Yeah. It, it's it's a piece of shit. <laughs> it's a good piece of shit, but it's a piece yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> well, what did you give it? I'd pro- I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but uh, I'd probably go like three and a half. Okay. In my mind, like, cool. but I mean, you know, who knows?
0: Did you ever come up with a rating for
1: *Picnic at Hanging Rock*? I thought I gave it a four. Did I not? Uh, you
0: might—you might have. I might not have seen it. Also, might have just forgotten.
1: Yeah. Uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah, I gave it a four. Cool. Cool. Probably gonna go up on a rewatch though, because uh. Mm. It, it certainly was solid. should. It was solid. Yeah. <laughs> I have Simon it,
0: so I have it, so I'm gonna watch it soon. And
1: yeah, I definitely want to get on uh, on Criterion as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, the
2: Criterion is nice. Yes.
1: Sweet. Okay. Cool.
2: I guess I'll just go next. Okay.
1: Um, let's see. I watched. Hi, Tanya. Want to talk about this? Yeah, let's let's Actually, watch. Let's you talk. you saw it too. Let's all talk about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this. I, wa- I like I wanted to like this. I really did, um, but. When the credits rolled, I was like, "This should have been a documentary." I don't know. Like, I just like I, mm. I, I would have enjoyed it more. I don't know. Like, watching Margot Robbie as the older uh, version of the uh, of a uh, whatever her name is that I can't. Uh, Tony, Tony Harding. Harding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say Nancy Carrion really hard, really <laughs> yeah. bad. And like, that's not right. Yeah. Um, yeah, watching her just like talk to the camera, I'm just like, I did. I'm not feeling this at all. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for with this movie. It was very strange.
0: Yeah, like I saw on like the DVD cover, they were like some some magazine reviewer said it was like the the Goodfellas of blah blah blah, and I was like, yeah, they definitely watched Goodfellas (laughs) quite a bit (laughs) when they were putting this together. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's you know it's
1: it's not terrible i just i I don't know i I just don't know where it was going
0: yeah i think the biggest problem is the tone of it like even when like tanya harding is like constantly being like cussed out and beaten up and constantly beaten yeah like (laughs)
1: like so many beatings
0: yeah it's like you know like from everybody everyone's just using her as a punching bag and it's you know like she like you know in the her narration, like, that was one of the things that threw me when she breaks the fourth wall, and I was like, okay, we're doing that now? Yeah, there's a lot uh, of that. yeah. Yeah.
1: And, like, when the trainer looks at the camera, yeah, she did this. I was like, uh, this is this. weird. What yeah. is this movie? Yeah. <laughs> and, like,
0: yeah, and it's, it's like, all, all this, like, very, very serious stuff, I never knew, like, okay, am I supposed to, like, laugh at this like you know like you get (laughs) you know like one of those things where like you get far enough away from anything you can laugh at it like is that what this is supposed to be or am i supposed to be like feeling bad for tanya because i feel bad for tanya but in this context i'm not sure that i'm supposed to based on what
2: i'm being presented with john i think that's interesting i do think there's a little bit of um of like Cohen Brothers, just kind of make fun of our characters and treat them like shit. Going yeah. on, I, yeah. I did feel like I was supposed to laugh. I didn't feel mm. good about laughing. Yeah, yeah. When she gets uh,
1: her head like smashed into the wall or like the mirror, I'm like, and then, then she punches them back. I'm like, it's fun. Is this? I, I, I don't want to laugh at this.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. But like, but, yeah, yeah. And I, this, I don't know. I think this movie is like the definition of a mess. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way the characters break the fourth wall is kind of—it's kind of it's weird at first, but then I just—I don't see why they included that. Like the moment where the trainer says, "Like, yeah, she did this." Yeah, yeah. Is that like to emphasize that this moment is true and the other moments are not? Yeah, like because like, yeah. the, they're already doing that with like the the unreliable, you know, talking heads. I yeah, just, yeah. It was just weird, confusing to me. Yeah, it was,
1: yeah, it was confusing.
2: <laughs> not unlike the I don't get what's happening yeah. confusing just like in the I don't really know what you want as a filmmaker yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah
0: and like the only scene that I can remember <sighs> that doesn't have music playing during it oh is that God. one where like uh she throws the knife and catches her and the mom throws the knife and catches Tanya in the arm and then she walks out it's like okay okay like now I get that this is a serious scene like you know, abuse is one thing, but now she's crossed the line and, like, almost killed her daughter. So, like, yeah, it's good that you didn't put some random 70s or 80s song in this <laughs> so scene. So many songs. But, yeah, it's like... And that's another thing. Like, you know, like, Scorsese uses music very, very well. And you can see that a lot in Goodfellas and pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, all of his movies. So that's why... That's another reason I feel like, you know, they somebody watched Goodfellas... Saw something about Tanya Harding and was like, you know what, these two can go together. And I, I disagree.
1: I mean, could this movie if work Scorsese someone else?
0: had done a movie about Tanya Harding? Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: that'd be, Is the story. That is there that much to the story?
0: I think they're. I, I think they do a decent enough job of like getting you to feel more for Tanya Harding as a person. Like, enough to where, like, you would, like, like, I, like, after the movie was over, like, looked up, like, her Wikipedia, read more about her. And, you know, yes, like, I genuinely feel for this woman because, yeah, she really never did have a break. But at the same time, it's, like, this particular presentation of her story is doing her no favors, really.
2: And I really thought the the filmmakers kind of laid off of her in the second half. Yeah, almost uh. so that they could get you to care about her more. Like the second half is definitely more about how uh, the ex-husband and the bodyguard mm. like have this stupid idea, and they go through <laughs> with it without Tanya Harding knowing about it. Ac- yeah, you know, according to the movie, like, I don't, I don't really know the story. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, either. but um, <laughs> and I actually like Margot Robbie more as she kind of gets more serious about the training, and you know, when they when she starts. Or when they ask her about the plan, she's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'm
3: like, <laughs> Yeah. Don't talk yeah. to
2: me about this. Uh, and then, you know, we got to the end and I, I don't typically like big, uh, like Oscar grandstanding scenes. So the, yeah. The, and, the court scene wasn't my favorite, but yeah.
0: And I'll give props to Margot Robbie. I've only seen her in two movies, Wolf of Wall Street and this. And I think like she's, definitely a, a very good actress best best actress oscar nominee i don't know you know yeah. it's just just my opinion but uh but yeah like she was really good in this movie i feel like but the movie itself yes just just a mess
1: i said the same thing before i saw the movie i was like i, I, th- I like Margaret robbie she's cool i like i want to i want to see this movie then i'm like I, i've seen her in two movies yeah, and yeah. like i do I like her? I don't, like. I don't yeah. I mean, like, like she's okay in Wolf of Wall Street, and I saw uh, Suicide Squad, which I've was just a goddamn train wreck. <laughs> but like, I've seen the. Uh, I the, still like her. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I think she just needs a, you know, more movies that are something like something like this that's done right.
2: Yeah. You know? She's in like a uh, like a crime caper film called Focus with Will Smith. Oh yeah. And. I would never call that a good movie, mm-hmm. but parts of it work. And I think it's mostly because of Margot Robbie. Wow, well, awesome. not, not because of Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, man. ratings?
1: Uh, I gave it a 2. Yeah, 2.
3: Mm.
0: I gave it a 2.75.
2: I don't remember what I gave it. It was either a 2.5 or Let's a 3. Find out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's find out right now. Three. This would
2: load. All right. Three,
1: all right. Yeah. Cool. That's what my wife gave it. She gave it a three. Yeah. And, we get uh, to-
2: my wife gave it a five. <laughs> <laughs> she
0: loved the shit out of this movie. Uh, so uh, any of you guys, I, I remember seeing um, Lars and the Real Girl, and I thought that was a pretty decent movie. Fright Night I didn't care for. Haven't seen Finest Hours or Million Dollar Arm or Mr. Woodcock. Yeah, this, uh, the director Craig Gillespie's—he's
2: had a, a um, weird, a weird career.
1: Yeah, I'd say Yeah, Mr. Woodcock, what the fuck? That's
0: the
2: Something Billy, with Billy Bob, Bob Thornton.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. wow. Like uh, this, ouch. It's got an average rating of 2.0 on Letterboxd.
2: This guy's old gym teacher that bullied him is now dating his mom and <laughs> still bullies him. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, but I did. I loved R- Lars and the Real Girl when it came out, and. Is that 2007? Yeah, it was seven. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have not seen it since then, and it now sounds like the kind of movie I would hate. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I, I remember them.
0: I remember feeling like they did a good job of like not making fun of Ryan Gosling's character, like presenting him as someone who just is doing this, you know, because like he just needs to get through something. Mm-hmm. So, I liked that about the movie, but uh, I'd have to watch it again to, to really talk about it any more than that. Cool. Okay. So, I watched Young Mr. Lincoln, directed by John Ford, and starring Henry Fonda, as young Mr. Abraham Lincoln. I thought this was a good movie. Um parts of it I thought went on a little too long and like the ending seemed to kind of come out of nowhere but other than that I think it was a pretty solid movie Um, this is the second John Ford movie that I've seen after The Searchers which I didn't really care for I mean it looks amazing but I just John Wayne got tired for me real quick and the movie is like 2.5 2.45 that's fair so I was like eh, I, I just can't deal with that yeah but uh, yeah I would I would recommend Young Mr. Lincoln gave it three
2: three stars cool John I watched uh, sorry, I watched uh, Black Panther mm. which uh, you know I'm a little late on but it's still in theaters so yeah, why I mean, not I'm,
1: I might check it out
2: um, yeah have you guys not seen it I have uh, I have okay. I you know uh, I'm sure the whole world has, has had their opinion yeah. about Black <laughs> Panther. So, uh, you know, I, I generally thought it was a decent movie. I enjoyed it while I was in there. Mm. I left with like a thousand nitpicks. Um, and, you know, people people love Michael B. Jordan in this movie. I thought Michael B. Jordan is really good, but he has like one big scene before he shows up to like be like the King of Wakanda. I was like, yeah, this isn't really like Michael B. Jordan is really selling this character, but he is not a developed character. So Marvel is like still not fixed their villain problem. Yeah. And Marvel movies have all kinds of problems, but I definitely think villains are a big problem. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, design of the Wakandan city is awesome. I like that. It doesn't look like, you know, some just like utopian European city. It looks distinctly African. Mm. That's cool. Um, yeah, the visual effects sucked. Uh, I know you guys <laughs> like to complain about, about CG a lot. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, it doesn't usually bother me very much, but like you compare this to like other recent Marvel movies, they just, they look better in the action scenes. And I'm like, why, hmm. why didn't we just put like a few more million dollars in yeah. this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the you know, story, not a lot happens in two hours and 15 minutes, but yeah. It's it's fun. There are some character things that don't make any damn sense, but performances are generally fine. This is a, you know, I've seen every fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I keep going because I, I can't remember the last time I gave any of them more than a or above a three, and a half, three out of five. And uh, this yeah. is a three out of five. Favorite yeah. one? No, I... I think my favorite one is still the first Avengers. Hmm. Just, I don't know. It put everything together best. There wasn't like a whole lot of exposition we had to get through. And maybe that's just because we knew these characters. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is right there with the Avengers.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not the, I'm, I don't hate it as much as lesser John does, but I'm not the hugest Marvel fan either. Like, I think like out of like, I don't know, nineteen, twenty movies, I think like three of them are actually ones that I would say yes, that is a good movie. And even then, it's like, I'd still probably only give them like four out of five because, um, like, that's that's what I gave Black Panther and, um, uh, the latest Thor movie. I was laughing the entire time. I had so much fun with that movie. So I I, I it? loved it. Yeah,
2: and I actually I would say that movie was better than this one just because it was funny. Yeah, I funny mean, funnier than they typically are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, cuz that one definitely had like its own Self-aware. unique sense of kind of but not really. Hmm. I Well, like I like it took like I think that's that's the Kind of fun thing that you can do with like black panther and thor ragnarok like ragnarok like it's directed by taika waititi who's from new zealand so like he got a bunch of new zealand and australian actors into ragnarok and ragnarok overall has that very kind of like dry like very like british slash new zealand slash australian sense of humor yeah so that makes it stand out from the other Marvel movies in you know such a distinct way. And it's the same with Black Panther where they take so much of African culture and that makes it stand out so much. So it's like they're I like now it seems like they're not afraid to like let these movies be more of their own things. Like I mean like you look at like the visual language like it's still they're both still Marvel movies. So, it's not like, you know, um, Taika Waititi is making a Taika Waititi movie. And same with um, Ryan... Coogler. Coogler. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not necessarily a Ryan Coogler movie. But uh, they still have much more distinct styles than pretty much any other Marvel movie until you, like, go back pretty much all the way to, like, the first Captain America which I th- personally oh, I thought the first Captain America like I thought it kind of like did the same thing that of uh, Raiders I feel. <laughs> really I hated
1: it uh, <laughs> talk about CG bad CG holy shit
0: I well I mean I I, I didn't I, just, I, just, I didn't care it. so I didn't care I didn't so like much it. about the uh, the CG but like to me like the the kind of like you know like forties vibe that it had going yeah. like to me it just felt like. Like, someone had, like, watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and, like, you know, really was trying to get that, like, 40s kind of action-adventure movie thing going. Yeah, yeah, And I think they did it really well.
3: Yeah.
2: And I, I will say, just uh, real quick about Black Panther, uh, or rather, Ryan Coogler. Mm. I really like Creed, mm. uh, you know, the, the Rocky-related boxing movie. Um, and I loved the fight scenes and the boxing scenes in Creed. I thought they looked great. And so I was going into black Panther thinking the action would be pretty good, um, but I think I need to give Ryan Cooler's DP some, some credit <laughs> on, uh, on, on Creed. Cause right. This did not look nearly as good. And black Panther also like had like some interesting ideas with like, uh, isolationism and mm. colonialism. Yeah. And, You know, it was cool to like hear the characters explore those ideas, but they didn't actually add very much to the story because the bad guy ends up just being a crazy bad guy. Yeah. And it's like, there's almost like an argument for why we, (laughs) for a minute, it's like, oh, we should stay isolated because this is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We get crazy ass people that come in here and try to blow shit up. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Anyway, three out of five. Fucking Marvel!
0: <laughs> Do you disdain Marvel as much as uh no? As I John? mean,
2: I keep paying to go see these movies, so yeah, I can't. Same, so I you can't and, say that you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I keep getting tricked. Yeah, you. but I, keep I don't. For it. <laughs> you know, the last time I was on here, I said you know I, I felt horribly tricked into going to see Steven Spielberg movies. I don't oh, feel right. that way about Marvel because I think I I just know what yeah, it's gonna be, tr- right, and also. Right like I love, I still read comic books like, yeah, and I, yeah. I don't, I don't read uh black Panther. I don't read Avengers comic books anymore very often, but I still feel like some connection to these characters where I, I want to go just like see yeah, how they're being right. presented on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like two hours at a Marvel movie is not a bad time for me.
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I rewatched Goodfellas. Speaking of goodfellas. Ah, um nice. hadn't seen this in at least 15 years. 10-15 years. Um, and I got my wife to wa- watch this actually, oh. which she is she hates mafia stuff. Like <laughs> hates it. Sopranos all that kind of stuff. Ah. Um, she loved this movie though. And it's impossible not to love this movie. It's so well made. It's so entertaining. Uh, you know, if you're just an average Joe, you know, movie guy, whatever, doesn't matter who you are. This movie has everything. It's got interesting shots, amazing dialogue, amazing acting. It's just I, I love this movie, and uh, I think this is one of the first movies that uh, other John showed me when we were really young. Mm. So I probably saw this one when I was like twelve. Wow, and, uh, we we picked up on the language really early, <laughs> and I still quote this movie, not even realizing. I was like, "Holy shit!" I quote this movie constantly, like, and my wife's like, "Oh, that's where you get that from." Blah, blah, blah. You know, I was like, "This movie," it's just like I, I don't know, like saw it early, and it's just it stuck with me, and uh, it it just deserves all the praise it gets. It's uh, I don't know. There's really not a lot to talk about. It's just it's fucking Goodfellas. I don't know. It's it's like Taxi Driver. It's I don't know. It's that's what
2: they are. They're amazing. I think everyone should probably be required to rewatch this every five years or so.
3: Yeah, I definitely need to. If you haven't seen it
1: in a while, yeah. If you haven't seen it in a while, man, you just remember like it just all floods back. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's good stuff. It's like it's easy to forget like how good a movie is if you haven't seen it in a long time. Like you're like, oh, I saw that when I was young, so it's probably pretty good. But fucking Goodfellas is, Yeah, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Like Joe Pesci, my god, my. God, he's yeah. amazing in this movie. It's just I don't know, man. And even the twists, like uh, I don't, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen this, I'm not going to spoil anything. But like certain things happen towards the end of the movie, and I swear to God, I forgot about half of them. Oh wow! And, and which is ridiculous because I've seen this movie <laughs> like 20 times. And like right before that, I was like, oh, that's right. Oh God. wow, this is amazing. <laughs> it's, uh I don't know. It's really great. Um, yeah. Can you give us an example of stuff
0: that you randomly quote from it without knowing
1: it? Um. Well, there's the okay, there's this one scene, other John's gonna know this, um, there's the part where De Niro and, uh, Pesci, like, kill the other, uh, mob boss guy in the, in the bar, uh-huh, and, uh, De Niro's, like, stomping him to death, and, like, me and John created this thing called the De Niro stomp, and it's, like, he's, like, he's, like, focusing on stomping, he's, like, aiming with his foot, he's, like, like, trying to aim with his,
3: <laughs> I don't know, it's ridiculous,
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, there, there's just so many quotable parts, uh, uh-huh. and, uh. Not to mention Ray, Ray Liotta. I mean, he's he's fantastic in this movie. Um, pretty much everyone involved is
2: fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you were to make a list of Martin Scorsese movies, you're like, you know, is this at the top, or is... Uh,
1: for me... Mm, this, yeah, this is top three, probably. I don't know where I'd put Last Temptation and Taxi Driver. But, uh... I can't decide. I don't know. The, the, those are all three of those are like... Yeah, I
2: don't know. Mm, I know. Right <laughs> like now like I have... Some math. I have this third, but I do want to rewatch it. Right now I have it right behind uh, Taxi Driver and then Raging Bull.
1: Raging Bull is equal. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just there's too many. I don't
3: know. <laughs> He's got yeah. like five number one
0: movies.
1: I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like we've
0: talked about this so many times. I'm sure our regular listeners probably probably including John over here, probably going to like, okay, come on, we get it. You love Scorsese, whatever, man. But, uh, but yeah, like he's hard to get away from because he's probably he's the best living director that's still going and probably the greatest of all time. When you, when you stop and think about it, it's like,
2: I don't want to agree with that, but I yeah, don't yeah. think I <laughs> like, can argue it.
1: <laughs>
0: like I, yeah, I mean, I I mean, it's all you know, opinion, interpretation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but like, I mean, this is the one guy who's like consistently over the pa- over like fifty years has been churning out great after great after great after great, and he's still kicking
2: ass. Like yeah, I, I yeah. love Wall Street, and I really like Silence, and it annoys me yeah like you're old you should suck now like Wolf of of
1: Wall Street is like Goodfellas I mean they're not related at all but like it's it's like the same formula and he keeps doing the same formula he did it he did the same formula like a few years later with Casino
3: and it's still great
1: it's insane like it's, I don't know it just works it's like uh he's like the good version of Spielberg like he's got like he just Goodfellas is so fucking entertaining but it's like I said it just has these like deeper elements to it and
2: He's like a Spielberg for adults. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely rewatch Goodfellas. Yes, uh, indeed. It is great.
0: So last podcast, I actually made a goof. I said that Ace in the Hole was the first Billy Wilder movie that I had seen. Well, not the case, because I have seen Double Indemnity and Some Like It Hot and The Seven Year Itch. But for whatever reason, I just didn't put it together that uh, Billy Wilder had done those movies until I looked it up. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, so I goofed. But um, I rewatched Double Indemnity and three words, well, two words and a letter. Edward G. Robinson Oh, of course. This guy, like, I mean, he's basically a caricature most of the time because of the Mafia movies that he's been in. But that guy is a great actor. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see it so much in this movie. Like, the, you know, he's an investigator, investigator for an insurance company. So he's looking into fraud and stuff. And, like, when he's... Rattling on like all these, all these different variations on like how people can die or be injured, like it's just seamless, and he's you know just doing it so effortlessly, and he's just so good. And then you got Fred McMurray, who's the lead, and I mean he's he's good. Um, he tried. I, I think like the biggest, like the biggest thing that I noticed going back, like. Having read The Maltese Falcon and then going back and watching that movie again, because um, let's see, uh, double indemnity was written by Billy Wilder and Raymond Chandler, so it has like that snappy dialogue that Raymond Chandler is known for, and it's a it's really interesting hearing. The differences between Fred McMurray doing pretty much the same lines as Sam Spade, and hearing Humphrey Bogart doing that very similar delivery. Um. But uh. But yes, Double Indemnity is is a very good movie, and from what I understand, kind of got the genre of film noir going. Hmm. So, yeah, this was,
2: yeah. Anyone who's a fan of classic movies needs to see this. I agree. Um by the way, do we ever mention what our deep dive movie is?
0: No, because I forgot. No, it's okay. a
2: surprise. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit the part out where oh, I said just... I forgot, right?
1: <laughs> no. Dang it. Amplify it. Dang Put it. some reverb on it. <laughs> I forgot. Oh. God, 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 <laughs> God. It's like four minutes ago. <laughs> I was just,
2: you know, delay feedback. I have some, I have some Fred McMurray thoughts in the future, also. Okay, but um, you know, he is not. Just want to be clear. You're saying he's not as good as Humphrey Bogart, correct? Because if you're saying the other thing, <laughs> we have a fight on our hands. <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> Whoa, kidding. Uh, sort of kidding.
0: Yeah, I don't. Well. I don't know, like, this is this is one of the things we've also talked about here on the podcast a lot, like, um, and, like, actually, it'd be great, it'd be great if you could weigh in on this, because, like, I mean, John over here, he's watched, you know, a couple of classic movies, but, like, mm-hmm. Lesser John, he, like, avoids it like the plague. Yeah, we have, So we've fought it about
1: that at length,
0: other right. John and I.
2: Like, yeah. before
1: 1960, I'm, I'm, I've seen nothing. Right, uh, right, like, I don't know, very little, son <laughs> a, and,
0: and son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like you're missing out, man. There's so much not good on stuff. purpose, I'm uh, just, right, I just right, right.
1: I mean, I just haven't gotten around to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, like um, you know, you, like there's a lot of like classic actors where it, you know, like it's their charisma that gets them through it and their own pers- their force of personality, as opposed to like their acting chops so i would give I would probably give Fred McMurray like higher props because I've seen him do like more varied stuff, but I still like bogey okay I mean you know sam spade and uh and Rick in Casablanca like
2: yeah, I'm there with him and i I love Humphrey Bogart and i'm I'm not gonna argue that he's one of the greatest actors of all time, but i when I think of Fred McMurray specifically, I think just of pretty wooden delivery yeah i can see that um which can throw me off in some movies it it doesn't bother me in every movie he's in but i remember it it bothering me in double indemnity right
1: i've only seen him in one secret movie that we're gonna talk about later and uh, (laughs) it's yeah he's he's a plank he's yeah he's a very tall plank (laughs) he's a very very tall plank
0: have uh either well Either of you guys seen the uh, shaggy dog that he was in? I have not seen that. Okay. Because no. I remember that was the first thing I ever saw him in. So, like, it's not... It hasn't... Like, it's been so long since I've seen it last. But, like, I I remember him very well in that movie. Particularly, um... uh What's her name? The woman who plays the mom in Old Yeller and Swiss Family Robinson... I want to say her name is like Dorothy something. Anyway, uh, they're like talking. To, they're like talking about dogs, and like Fred McMurray's character hates dogs, and like, well, the reason they go after mailmen is because sometimes they bring bad news. Animals can sense that kind of thing, you know.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I hate dogs.
0: Yes. Very I can't remember any of the lines. I thought I could, but I mean, I'm
2: sure he says rrr, rrr, some at some point, but <laughs> <laughs> you're making it sound like I should just check out the Tim Allen version instead, which I'm sure is much better.
1: Oh, God. Yeah.
0: Of course. <laughs> well, I mean, I hands down. I mean, come on, man. <laughs>
1: I've been watching a shitload of Home Improvement. Oh, yeah. Day, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs>
2: You guys kind of freak me out with your uh, '90s sitcom love, it, not because they're bad, is uh-huh. uh, like I, I can't speak to whether or not those sitcoms are bad. They're amazing, but it just it surprises me, I guess. because oh. you know I spend every second of my life watching movies. Not yeah, right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> not not easy, simple viewing like Home Improvement and Roseanne. Oh, R-
1: Frasier though, Frasier, Ma- masterclass Class, and uh.
2: And Seinfeld. Small screen cinema. Yeah. I have seen all of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. And all of these things were on the TV in my house all throughout my childhood. Yeah. I just yeah. wasn't paying attention. Right. I remember loving just shoot me. Huh. But I can't tell you why. Did I just I don't know. Did I love Chris Elliott as a child? <laughs> Maybe. Who did I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? For me though, it's like the late like
1: I didn't watch any of shit either until the late nineties when I became a teenager and uh I don't know when you're a teenager you watch like 17 hours of TV a day so yeah, yeah at least I absolutely. I don't know <laughs> yeah
0: so. yeah because like, I remember like getting into Seinfeld like like right before it was canceled yeah same here and uh but then like you know it was already on like heavy syndication so like it was hard to
1: escape like even I mean I don't, I don't know about cable today but I mean yeah, uh, I mean, within the last fifteen years, though, it's it's probably still on five channels.
3: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I just, like, I didn't get into into Frasier until way later, but like, like I just couldn't stop watching it because yeah. it was like the way the way they set everything up in like the beginning of the episode, and like it starts to go all these different directions, and then it comes back in the craziest way possible. Yep, it's I mean, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And also, like, I have to say this about Frasier. In my opinion, it is probably the best representation of brotherhood. Because, mm. like, I see so much of myself and my brother in Niles and Frasier.
1: Are you guys competitive?
0: Not really, but, like, you know, just the, like, little, little, little things. Like, you know, they can get, like, really, like argumentative but you know but they but they still but they still really love each other and like you know like little things like when like when uh niles he he says to fraser like you're not a member of the diamond club and fraser like don't do that
1: (laughs) 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 do you watch any tv uh john ryan
2: i yeah uh some yeah i any favorite shows yeah, I can't think of any of them right now. I I love a sure. show called uh, You're the Worst, um, which is on FX. The comedy, Sounds familiar. Huh. They're recent. Yeah, I mean it's still on okay. the uh, The fifth season I think will start in September, October, cool. or something like that. Cool. And you know, it's it's a comedy. Most of the shows I watch are actually comedies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I just I don't tend to watch a lot of like film comedies, but mm. I don't know. I don't know why I do that. But uh, I love uh, the Good Place on NBC. It's really funny. Cool. But yeah, I don't I don't watch a lot cuz you know I'm logging so many logging so many movies. Yeah. But I have I have commitment issues like <laughs> like watching the whole season <laughs> like watching the whole series of Frasier freaks me out. It's like 100 seasons with 20 episodes <laughs> each or more. Was it actually like 8 or 9? I think it was like eleven seasons. Eleven, yeah. I and believe all,
1: we're, probably, we're probably all wrong. It's, I think it's eleven. Yeah, <laughs> and that's you know that's John's insane. John's gonna, gonna crucify us, but uh,
0: <laughs>
2: well, yeah.
1: I've seen I've seen it like three times all the way through too. I, I think yeah, it's 11. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Just the idea of watching that many episodes freaks me out.
1: See, I'm the other why. way around. Like the it's so little commitment because they're like there's like thirty minutes apiece. So it's like not even thirty minutes. It's yeah, like, yeah. Whatever, but uh, I don't know. You just watch a couple at a time and you get hooked.
2: See, right now I am <laughs> I'm in the middle of a Chinese documentary called Karame about a small town where a fire broke out and hundreds of school children died. Hmm. And it's six hours, watching an hour at a time. And that, to me, sounds like, like you know, like, this will be six days of my life and it's probably going to be sad. And who knows if it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. But then it'll be done. <laughs> uh, but I can't commit to, like... Yeah. Frazier, which would probably just keep me laughing for hours at a time yeah yeah I don't know I mean. I'm broken <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right
0: so let's have some healing and you can tell us about the next movie you watched
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, the next movie I watched uh, was called the major and the minor which is Billy Wilder's first movie and you know don't read this as foreshadowing listeners the the Billy Wilder movies uh yeah his first movie 1942 apparently he had been a screenwriter for a while and was ready to get in in the game and he chose as his first movie uh one where Ginger Rogers dresses up as a 12 year old girl to buy cheaper train fare back to like whatever small town she's from huh. and on the way falls in love with a uh an adult who is a major in the United States Army, and uh, that adult falls in love with her, a person he thinks is a 12-year-old child. Hmm. And <laughs> it's not creepy. Good, And good. it's pretty good. Hmm. All right. I actually thought it was really funny. But um, Nice. Yeah, this is the kind of premise that would not get made today because it's creepy as hell. And, uh, you know.
1: Still a good premise. Though. Predatory. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Despite the fact, but. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah.
2: It's
0: kind of a good idea. Well, I don't know. This sounds like the like like better way of handling the subject matter that's in Lolita.
2: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, Lolita's weird. Lolita's hard to deal with. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. Very. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, yeah. Lolita, I, there's meant to be like a, a creepy thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I don't think as an audience billy wilder wanted us to be creeped out i think we were supposed to be like ginger rogers is falling in love with ray miland ray miland who would later be in uh, billy wilder's awesome the lost weekend Ah. um you know but ray miland is not at first he's treating her like a young child Mm. like she's in like a sticky situation and he helps her get out of it and he just thinks that this is like some Stupid kid in like a situation over her head, right? Right. And Ginger Rogers is clearly like fawning over him, but he's treating it like, well, this is just a twelve-year-old girl, and I'm, mm. you know, I'm a movie star yeah. in, in the <laughs> army. Yeah. <laughs> um. And Ginger Rogers at no point looks twelve. Like she was, ah. I think, almost thirty at the time. I don't have my wow internet to look that up, but uh I mean, she looked great, but and she looked. Like, she was dressing up like a kid. She did not look like a right. Jet. So, right. like, the, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief, which also, it's like, since none of us really believe that Ginger Rogers is a 12-year-old, it just doesn't, yeah. it also just doesn't feel creepy. But then, like, there's a point at which Ray Mulan does, like, fall into, like, kind of the, the romantic comedy thing where he starts uh, becoming attracted to her. But there's also a sense that, like, he knows something is suspicious. Uh-huh. Um in you know there there are hijinks and shenanigans all over this movie uh you know it's a it's a pretty funny comedy like you know it's before 1960 so i know some people wouldn't watch it because they're against that but uh you know it's like it's it's cute it's light short you'll laugh a few times and uh you know i love ginger roger's Who's in uh, just like a bunch of musicals with Fred Astaire that I enjoy? Um, yeah, I give this a give this a four out of five. Right around the uh, you know, this isn't like in Billy Wilder's top ten movies, but it's it's a good movie. Cool.
1: Um, yeah, shit, I keep getting texts. <laughs>
2: so popular Let's see who
1: this is. Oh, yeah, um, I rewatched Last Days by Gus Van Sant from 2005 um, I'm gonna do some background on this movie mm. okay so let's see um, Gus Van Sant okay um, this is before I knew anything about anything so like the, these his death trilogy Jerry uh, Elephant and uh, Last Days were like my introduction to like art movies you know what I mean like, right. I had you know I didn't know shit about Bellatar or any, any all the influences you know and, uh, so these movies are hugely sentimental to me, even though, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Last Days is, on a rewatch, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, it, it's not bad. Um, I can see where people would hate the fuck out of this movie, and a lot of people do hate this movie. Mm. Uh, but, I don't know. And also, it has the edge, it has the uh, the side of it that's about, like, Kurt Cobain, and i don't know that's kind of sentimental to me as well so it's just a sentimental fest and uh i don't know i still like it, it it's it's pretty much michael pitt playing uh this character called blake who is kirk um and they keep i mean they couldn't use kirk for legal reasons i'm sure right but uh you know he's just walking around it's his last few days on earth he's just walking around his his massive mansion where a bunch of people live and they people he probably doesn't even know are like people like leeching off him Mm. and uh he just
2: have you seen this uh john ryan i have not i've seen the other two in the trilogy but not this
1: uh this is definitely the weakest of the three but uh yeah i don't know i I still like it um it's just there's not a lot going on like (laughs) at all (laughs) like it's really hard to talk about too because he's, he's stoned or, you know, on heroin or whatever the whole time. So he's just like kind of, you know, Mm. just like walking around and doing nothing. I I don't know. But, uh, yeah, some of the soundtrack is cool. There, there's, uh, there's a few scenes where they play like, uh, some velvet underground songs and, uh, some of the actors, like some of the people who live in the house are like singing along with it, but like they have no idea what the lyrics are and it's kind (laughs) of funny. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kinda hard it like I said, it's kinda hard to talk about. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, like it's it legitimately is hard to talk about. Right. Uh I mean I, I guess I still like it. I gave it like a three and a half. But uh I wouldn't recommend it. I don't know. I think you would hate the hell out of this, uh yeah. Kevin.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I actively avoided it because in high school I watched Elephant. Yeah. Decided Elephant was my least favorite movie ever made. Yeah, Okay, then uh, yeah, I, definitely. I, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, my would. opinion on Elephant has changed since then, has and it? I and I really like Jerry, but I just have never found the the energy yeah. to go back and watch this. It,
1: mm. I mean, I, I I hate to say it, but it it just feels lazy. It feels a little lazy. Huh. Like he's got some cameos, like Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth shows up, and she's terrible. Uh, Love her to death, but she is not an actress, um, right? And then there's a couple other awkward scenes where people show up to the house and talk to him. And none of these people are actors. They're all non-actors, I guess. Mm. Um, Maybe some of them are. I don't know. But uh, they're all terrible. Uh, It's just kind of like an atmospheric movie, I guess. You're just kind of an observer watching him
3: Mm.
1: descend into killing himself i guess is michael pitt good in this i mean he doesn't really act though he just kind of walks i mean like right yeah he doesn't he when he talks he's just like "Uh, uh, uh." so
2: like he's like it's is he like just barely interacting with these people yeah cameoing yeah and it's like uh. or not interesting yeah
1: it's (laughs) 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 i'm sorry if i sound like i'm I'm struggling for the words but i am it's uh Uh. um yeah i don't know and there's a few okay there are there are a couple scenes where he uh he sings a song, and uh-huh. it's actually a song by Michael Pitt, I believe. I, think, I can't remember the name of, of his band. He had a band back in 2005. Mm. And I think that's why Gus Van Sant got him in initially, because he can play guitar and right, he looks yeah. like Kurt Cobain. Yeah. But uh, well, sort of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he plays a song towards the end of the movie, which is actually pretty fantastic. Um, and that's the uh, that's kind of the extent of his acting. Is him uh, actually playing the song uh, on acoustic guitar, um, <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't check it out. <laughs> if you're, I mean, unless you're diehard like <laughs> guess Van Zandt or something, yeah, J- Jerry, is, yeah, like you said, Jerry is is still probably my favorite film by him, and uh, I personally love Elephant. Elephant's great, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. excited to uh, see if uh, other John will rewatch this because me and him were really into this. Right. Back in the day.
2: Yeah. Uh, Do you guys like Paranoid Park? I don't know.
1: I've never seen it. I know he
2: has. Um yeah. I can't remember what he thinks about it. It's in the same, <coughs> same style vein, vein yeah. but I like it a good bit. It's cool. Yeah. But I also like skateboarding. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with skateboarding? It's fantastic. Nothing mean, nothing's wrong with it. Yeah.
1: He's being serious. He loves skateboarding. Okay. (laughs) I really do love skateboarding.
2: Okay. Oh,
0: for a second, I thought there was a joke that I wasn't getting.
2: (laughs) You know, I just, I don't think, you know, people as a, as a whole, don't love skateboarding. I'm a huge sucker
1: for skateboarding. If if a movie revolves around skateboard or something, or there's some kind of skateboarding involved, just that culture of just like not giving a fuck. And like surfing too. I don't know. Just, I've never surfed in my life, but it's just like <laughs> yeah.
2: surfers are cool as fuck to me. <laughs> so, like,
0: Brink is your all-time favorite movie? No,
2: <laughs> but <laughs> so I actually I loved Brink as a child, but I, I do have uh, like this like soft spot for extreme sports. Yeah, and movies. Oh, right, right, yeah. And like like uh, was it that movie Thrasher or Thrashers? Some like eighties mm. skateboard movie with Josh Brolin. Yeah, uh-huh. is a wonderful terrible movie yeah yeah and surf ninjas which we talked about off air is a wonderful terrible movie yeah which there might be more ninjas in that than surfing but
1: we need a serious like surfer movie it's like a hardcore serious surfer movie well point break there you go that's like actually i'm not not gonna lie that's the one of the major reasons i love that movie Yeah, yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, because I'm sure, like, as he's listening to this, other John is like, <gasps> you, have okay, a, you, have a, you have a point
2: break. <gasps>
0: <laughs> and he's, like, shaking his head like, I was, I was about to
2: point something. I can't
1: remember.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so far, it feels like we've just tailor-made this podcast just for John to listen to. Yeah, he's going to be the only listener. So if you're not here. So well, he, be- <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. If, you're, if your name is not John, turn this off. It's yeah, not, yeah. It's not for you. Yeah. Except for Rustin. Please keep listening. Yes, yes. please. I was lying. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I I watched a couple of things on HBO. First, Um, a documentary about Andre the Giant, which was really, really good. Um, You, just, said, uh, you
1: said HBO? HBO, yeah. Oh, is it like a new series or something? Documentary series or something? I, I saw something um, about Elvis
0: yeah I think I think they're I guess they're
2: making more documentaries now it's the uh, you know Bill Simmons he used to work at ESPN yeah he did the whole 30 for 30 Ah, series right he now he now works for HBO oh shit producing a lot of uh, documentaries for them
1: that's awesome I love the 30 for 30 stuff yeah it's cool
0: yeah but but yeah Andre the Giant was really good like they do a great job of like like they interview like his sister-in-law and his brothers and like they talk about like, you know, when he was a kid, like he was like super small, but then like, you know, he got to be a teenager and he just kept growing. And um like all, you know, like all the all the stuff about him like having like like he had he had like such a difficult life being as big as he was. Like um there was one thing about like he was flying from like I want to say it was like from like New York to like Japan and like like so so like yeah like nonstop so you know he couldn't fit in the bathroom stalls so they had to like draw a curtain so he could like go in a bucket <laughs> and cuz you know
1: jeez
0: yeah and like you know he he couldn't fit in cars and um you know like like they they talked they talked about uh his drinking and like he he was like they said like a minimum beer run for him was like twenty one cans
1: jeez
0: yeah and then like whiskey and wine and whatever else and um pre gaming just pre gaming yeah. with the two cases of beer. <laughs> exactly oh exactly and uh but yeah and like you know like how like you know, how genuinely nice of a person he was. And like, so they, they start talking about like, um, like up until like WrestleMania three where he went up against Hulk Hogan, like he had never been defeated. Cause like, you know, like in like all of these like different territories they wrestled in, like he couldn't like take, he couldn't like beat their champion for the belt because then like, who's going to fucking beat yeah. Andre the giant. Yeah. So um uh, so he would like you know go here do a little bit go there do a little bit but like his like first loss was to Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3 and like they interview Hulk Hogan and like and like at the start of this documentary I was like oh god fucking Hulk Hogan cuz like you know like the la- the last couple of you're not a fan Well, like the last couple of years of like his personal life, I'm like, God, this guy's such a (laughs) douchebag. But then, but like, you know, but then like when he like starts, you know, like talking about like he and Andre were friends and so it's, you know, getting time, like Andre's like literally like falling apart at this point. Like his body's just crapping out. So like they know that he has to lose and like. Hulk is like on his rise right now. Like Hulkamania is, like getting getting huge. So like um So Hulk Hogan like right you know, he like scripts out the match, gives it to Vince McMahon as, you know, like just ideas. And like the whole the whole time he's like not sure if like Andre's gonna play ball, like if he's really gonna put him over in the match. Because, you know, it's Andre the Giant. Like, if he doesn't like you, he can just fucking crush your head. Because his hand is literally the size of your skull. And, um, like, they, they have an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, in his, like, prime. As, like, Mr. Olympia. Where he's, like, I don't know, 240. And, like, like, he was talking about having dinner with Andre. And, like, you know... Schwarzenegger was like no I'm gonna pay like I invited you out I'm gonna pay and Andre's like all right he picks Arnie up and just sits him on top of an armoire like it's nothing (laughs) and okay so so leading into that like Hulk Hogan like doesn't know what's going on and like he starts describing what's going on in the match and it's literally every every single thing that he wrote down and like I started to get emotional like I've seen this match, I don't like Hulk Hogan, but now I'm I'm like with him, so like just shows you how well this documentary was made.
1: Sweet, yes. I mean, uh, personally, I'm not, I hate sports. I don't like sports at all. <laughs> but the thirty for thirty shit, yeah, is yeah, amazing. Yeah, love yeah. it all. I yeah. watch, I, I watch them back to back. Yeah, so I'm extremely excited to uh, to watch yeah. these.
0: So, um. So there was that one, and I also watched a mockumentary called Tour de Pharmacy. Now hmm. this thing, is fucking amazing.
3: Hmm.
0: It's uh, what's what's his face? Um, Lonely Island. Help me out, guys. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Okay. okay. Um. So like he he and um I guess his writing producing partner they put together this mockumentary about the eighty two Tour de France and all of the doping that was going on in this particular race. <laughs> so like like the premise is that like all of all of these um, bicyclists have like they they're all doping testing for like, you know, a bajillion different different things in their systems and Ditmer Clerkin who's played by Kevin Bacon is like the like organizer of Tour de of the Tour de France and like so like, he has like stupid amounts of credit card debt. So he tells every competitor like if you pay me $50,000 US, you won't get drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> so So like the, so like the first the first the first day of the Tour de France happens and like uh, and like all, all the bicyclists like end up crashing. and it turns out there's only five competitors who haven't paid so the five get to actually finish the tour to france and so you have you have john cena who is like like obviously like roided out <laughs> <laughs> and and you have um like the like the way they do it it's like retrospective interviews so it's like so like they show like andy sandberg's character and then jeff goldblum is playing his older counterpart. My god, that <laughs> sounds amazing. Yes. And like uh Dav- David Diggs is playing the younger um Slim Slim Robinson who's uh, Jackie Robinson's <laughs> nephew. But I think after this they're going to call him Slim's uncle. <laughs> so like um so like they sh- so then they show like an interview with uh Julia Ormond. And she's like, you know, and she's playing this French woman and (laughs) so then they go back and turns out like, so like her character is like pretending to be a man and this man is being played by Freddie Highmore. (laughs) And, and like the older John Cena is played by Dolph Lundgren. Like it's just, it's so fucking funny and it's so well done. This, oh, it just blew me away. Now technically, it's I guess it's not feature length because it's only like forty nine minutes, but it was on Letterbox, so I rated it five stars because it was just so,
1: <laughs> it was so good, amazing.
0: Yeah,
2: it sounds hilarious.
0: And uh, they have another one in this in the same vein about uh, tennis that has like Andy Samberg and Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. It's like uh, Seven Days in Hell, and I need to watch that so. I imagine it's probably going to be just as good. Cuz it's about a tennis match that somehow lasts 7 days.
2: <laughs> John Ryan. Okay, um let's see. So I went on a uh an Andre uh, Zulovsky kick mm. and I, I know you guys have sort of recently watched Possession, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen Possession before but I wanted to check out the rest of his stuff because Possession is pretty insane and I had seen uh, Devil which I liked a lot mm. um, so yeah basically just illegally downloaded all of his shit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just binge watched it and uh you know some of it's really good some of it is really not I figured I would uh, just highlight one of the good ones and then uh, I and I'll, I'll do another of his uh, next it's much messier um <laughs> Uh, yeah I watched uh, My Nights Are More Beautiful Than Your Days which is an annoying title but it's uh, it was a <laughs> movie from 1989 he made it in France it stars uh, Sophie Marceau I think mm. that's how you say it do you guys remember yeah. hmm. she's, uh, she's I like, s- The World
0: Is Not Enough
2: and Braveheart yes yeah yeah. and I mean 1989 was like prime Sophie Marceau uh. she's I mean, she's a good actress but she's uh, she's beautiful yeah Um, but she plays this nightclub performer. She's like, gets on stage. She's like a mentalist. She can read your future Uh on the stage and she speaks only in rhymes and it stars this other, uh, French pop star, Jacques Dutronc, Dutronc, something like that. Mm. And he is a guy that is diagnosed with this terminal disease where he starts very quickly losing, uh, his capacity for language. Like when speaking, he can't come up with the, uh, with words and they called it something. And I don't know if it was a real disease or not, but, uh, he sees this nightclub performers act basically just falls in love, uh, and eventually gets in a situation where he meets her and they just run off and have an affair together. Uh, but like, it basically just becomes like him dealing with, uh, his disease and like traumatic childhood stuff Hmm. she's dealing with him and her own traumatic childhood stuff and uh it just becomes like weird wordplay where she only speaks in rhymes and he is just coming up with words that don't make sense in the sentences so he can complete his sentences and it's uh you know i've decided that all of zulofsky's movies are messy in some mm. way they never come together perfectly or none of them that i've seen have come together very well but this one with the language stuff and the wordplay was really fun to watch mm. it starred two be- two very beautiful people and it was like on the french coast which is like a beautiful and yeah. this like <laughs> mansion yeah, yeah. it was a beautiful setting like everything just kind of came together to make it really enjoyable and it had like this right kind of balance between like kind of whimsical and then heavy Because you know, this guy is going to—he's going to lose like his brain function, and he and he's going to die. Right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, it's—I highly recommend this. Just kind of for like this weird '80s French curiosity. Cool. And it's uh, a four out of five. It's good. Cool.
1: Sounds good. I'm tapped out.
2: Okay. Uh, Let's see.
0: Okay, so I rewatched The Adventures of Robin Hood, and I love this movie. Like I've I loved it when I first saw it in high school, and like it's still very impressive to me today. Um, I don't, I personally don't understand why John decided to hate on Errol Flynn so much in one, what did he like see? minute and a half scene.
2: Because he acted in the nineteen thirties and John is yeah. prejudiced <laughs> against true. anything that it's came true. before Marlon Brando.
0: Oh, so he's truth. So so John <laughs> is just pretending that he's Peter Bogdanovich, okay.
2: <laughs> I didn't say that. But, yeah.
0: but maybe. Well, I remember Bogdanovich was like I, I can't I can't even remember where I think it was like something on like AMC back when they showed movies. Um something yeah like there was pre brando acting and there was after brando acting and you know he's saying it with his scarf around so there was there was
2: enunciating and delivering dialogue and then there was mumbling to deliver your dialogue mumbling with intensity yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i've you know yeah (laughs) i have i have some issues with some brando performances but
0: yeah and like Which,
2: which would that be a lot of them all of last them? tango not all of them <laughs> uh like last tango in paris sayonara um the first one the wild um the one where he's on the motorcycle what they, what's the name of that one uh wild ones i don't know i can't it's not, remember it's not wild bunch it's I from like that. 1959 but uh right yeah um, I got. It. yeah and like and then and then yeah. later ones also like, uh, I mean, I love The Godfather, right? So not The Godfather. I'm not going right. to complain about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't love him in uh, Apocalypse Now,
3: yeah. ooh,
2: which is probably probably not a popular opinion. So yeah, I'll just I'll just sit back and.
1: <laughs> Want to repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> repeat that one for John.
3: <laughs>
1: Apocalypse Now is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't believe that actually. <laughs>
1: anyway, back
0: to Robin Hood. Uh like uh one of the things that like really impressed me this go around about the movie was the stunt work. Cuz like people people talk about, you know, actors and actresses getting, you know, in shape for parts, learning how to sword fight, etc., cetera, et cetera. like like you, we tend to forget like actors kind of had to know how to sword fight just because they didn't know what the next movie they were doing next week was going to be. And like seeing Errol Flynn and Basil Rathbone, like just how fast they move and it's them. It's not camera tricks like them, like just, you know, going at like a million miles an hour and missing each other by a hair with these, I mean, granted they're like blunted swords and whatever, but Still, like, the fact that they're they're in such, like, dynamic shape. And there's one scene where, like, um, Robin Hood is escaping from the castle and he's hacking at this rope to let down the gate. And the rope starts going up as the gate is going down. And the stuntman is, like, just holding on and he's climbing the rope as it's going up. And there's no wires, you know, because, like, this is, like, the, you know... Like the Douglas Fairbanks yeah. school of stunt work, where it's like, no, you just do it. And it's like, damn, these guys were good. And I have, I have to give props to whoever did the uh, Technicolor processing, because those colors, like, even on DVD, they're so vivid and just stand out so well. The movie looks fantastic. And...
1: what uh, What year is this?
0: 38... Oh wow! Yeah, cool. And uh, and yeah, like I like Errol Flynn. I mean, he's—I mean—in this movie, he's not the greatest in the world, but he's certainly not bad.
2: And he's in—he's in plenty of shitty movies. Yeah, yeah. But this is not one of them. Yeah. So yeah, that's a five out of five for me. Sweet. That—that's incredible. This—that's a four and a half out of five for me, and that's oh, yeah? uh. I'm surprised, surprised to come on this podcast and uh, <laughs> and hear you guys love on a, uh, a Michael Curtiz movie. So he's, he's one of my favorites. He did Casablanca, yeah, as yeah. well as the Oh wow, yes, I'm I
0: I'm different from the Johns because I like a lot of classic movies. Mm. You know, um, like, like just the other day, like don't uh, don't
1: love me, in. oh don't. sorry, I thought, <laughs> uh,
0: well, like just, just the other day, like going uh, going to uh, Perkins Road to see Vertigo. I was hyped out of my brain for that because, like, seeing Vertigo on the big screen—that was such a big thrill for me. So,
1: I would love to see some Hitchcock. I haven't seen really Uh, anything. I don't think.
0: Uh, Vertigo, Rope, Rear Window, first thirty minutes of Psycho. I don't. (laughs) I don't know how you feel, John, but like for me, like after uh, Janet Lee dies, it starts to go down for me.
2: Yeah, I don't think it go down. It goes down very much, but that is, it's not one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. Yeah, um, the other ones you listed, I love. Yeah, cool. I love, but I also like. I I know there's not a lot of love for uh, specifically James Stewart and Cary Grant, but uh-huh. I, I feel like those actors specifically did their best work with Hitchcock. So I'd I'd agree to like, that. I don't. Like, James Stewart is never like he is in... a. <laughs> we got brain. What the fuck is that Christmas movie? Everyone watches every year. Wonderful life. Yeah. Like he doesn't do, it's a wonderful life (laughs) stuff and in rear window or in, in in any of the Hitchcock movies. Yeah.
0: And uh, like
1: who's in rope,
2: uh, James Stewart, James Stewart,
0: Farley Granger. um, Not a lot of big
2: names that, that I can think of. And there also just aren't a a lot of people in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not a, a large cast, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't remember anyone else,
0: yeah, I mean, there's that the other guy like there's Farley Granger is the one who like he's the he's the one who's like super paranoid the entire time that they're gonna get caught, and there's the other guy whose name I can't remember um but yeah he he's the one who's like uber confident that they're gonna get away with it and he's just trying to push it. The entire time. Cool. Do you, so, uh, so rope is about like these two guys. They strangle a yeah. guy in their apartment and then put him in this like I don't even know what you call it. Um, trunk. Yeah, this trunk. Right before a dinner party, with <laughs> with his the guy's parents and his girlfriend. Jeez. Yeah and so like they're they're doing the dinner party Jeez. and then like after that they're gonna get rid of the body so Did they yeah. make
1: it through the dinner party you'll have to watch to
2: find and out. They're they're doing this is based on a real story and where it's like these oh, guys wow, right? like did this murder just to try and pull off the perfect murder yeah it was so a, like leopold the, and Loeb. the dudes are pretty fucked up yeah and like one's paranoid and one is just really confident yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah and they they do it like they don't even they it's not that they dislike the guy they're just doing it for the
1: intellectual thrill. See yeah. that that that's awesome. That sounds really great. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a great uh yeah. Good time. Yeah. What year is that?
0: Uh 40 something. 40s. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh it's like like um it's simul it's it's a simulation but like the way it's shot it's like a play. So, like, they're literally acting out the entire movie oh, wow. in, in, like, one long thing. And the camera, like, when it has to, when the film reel has run out, it, like, goes behind somebody's back. Oh, so, wow. so it's simulating, yeah, right. like,
2: an hour and a half long shot. And it, it's a pretty cool experiment because, yeah, like, the, the trunk where the dead body is is almost always in view. So, it's just like you're constantly reminded that there's <laughs> a dead body. Uh, behind you know underneath yeah. what they're That's talking a nice about po-
1: oh wait there's a fucking dead body yeah, yeah. <laughs> like
2: it makes the whole thing you know it's like a sh- it's an 80 minute movie something like that it's, yeah yeah it's pretty short but it makes it quite tense
0: yeah and like they uh they do like the there's the window outside and like the the sun like they simulate it as if the sun is actually going down and yeah it's it's very very well done
1: cool I'll definitely check it out. That and uh, Vertigo. Yeah. Sweet.
2: Yes. All right. I got, uh, I got one more. Cool. Go ahead. Um. I want to talk about uh, this This last Andrzej Zulowski movie that I I finished yesterday. It's uh, called On the Silver Globe from 1988. or was released in 1988 but filmed in 1977. But it was censored by the uh, Polish government. Who actually yeah. took the film and destroyed parts of it. Mm. And uh, apparently it was a much longer movie. Like Zlowski actually like narrates this at the beginning. Like mm. uh-huh. there's missing footage. I didn't refilm that footage. Instead, I filmed something else and like narrated what was what originally happened <laughs> over that. So like he just basically put his camera on the street in some city and filmed people walking by for different sections and then just explained part of the plot of on the silver globe which <laughs> wow was it, it's uh it's a weird way to fix it and it's it's kind of sad it's but not great kinda, but i don't
1: know that sounds sounds cool but like it's kind of yeah kinda
2: yeah, sad. It, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's it's like it's not the coolest part of this movie yeah for sure because yeah. it, it, in the moment it just kind of feels weird yeah it's like this is a this is definitely a sci-fi movie oh. where three astronauts leave mm-hmm. earth to, like, explore space for a new planet to live on. They find a planet that's very m- like Earth. Um, you know, it's like a, it's, you know... it. Uh, you know, there's a blue filter on this planet. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, it looks a lot like Earth. Um, and they kind of just, like, set up a camp on the shoreline, and it slowly becomes, like, a little mini-community. Because, mm. they, you know, there's a woman and two men, and they have kids. And, you know, it eventually grows into, like, this small civilization and they like the the people the second generation they like revere the first generation they treat them like gods um and like only one of the astronauts keeps going for for a good while and this is uh, a very strange almost 3 hour long movie uh, kind of split in half in the first half we have like this civilization kind of growing up in like uh from a first person point of view because one of the astronauts, the one that lives the longest, like brings a camera and he's filming. So the camera is a as a first person device. Like people speak to the camera. At some points, you'll see the the astronaut like take the camera out of his hands and like turn it around to like point it at his face and he'll speak into it. It's very strange. And then uh, eventually, that just like goes away because the civilization moves on mm. and uh, you find out through the weird narration. From Zulowski that uh, he likes, so found some way to like send his video back to Earth, and then like a new astronaut comes and he's like a, it's like a messiah figure. And I'm this feels like spoilers, but the plot to this movie is so like <laughs> not the thing about this movie that it just right not gonna does it really matter.
1: This sounds incredible. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's
2: wild and like <laughs> there's really um great. parts of it are so great. Um, what like this? It's it's all about the way we kind of like create religion in our communities, yeah, right? Which I love. And then like at the end, you you kind of get a clear thesis from Zulofsky like what his opinion on religion is. Hmm. Which hmm. you know, I don't. You know, it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. It's 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 interesting. Yeah. Um. Well I guess to me, it didn't matter if I agreed with it or not. Right. I guess <laughs> it might matter to you guys, right. but um just like this constantly roving camera that's partially first person, partially not reminded me a lot of, uh, some Tarkovsky stuff like Mm. nostalgia. It reminded me of, uh, something more recent, hard to be a God. Did you guys see that? No, but I haven't seen it yet. No,
0: but, uh, John has
2: rewatched it recently. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah. yeah. I I liked it a lot as well. And that also has a, a first person camera situation going on. Mm. But uh in, in have you guys seen uh Bellatar uh like Workmeister Harmonies?
1: I haven't seen that. Okay. I've seen Damnation. Mm. But, but like
2: this that. uh he often employs like this kind of like just slowly roving camera mm. like through especially in Workmeister Harmonies yeah. through just like kind of community. And uh I love that a lot. Again, so I love the ideas in this movie and like so much of it was just like five out of five we're like
3: right I have finally found <laughs>
2: this Polish assholes masterpiece <laughs> um but there's like all of the dialogue is just spoken in like nonsense ah uh. um so not really similar to my nights are more beautiful than your days and like that it's wordplay it's just like so much of it is just like it doesn't make any sort of sense and i don't know if that's a translation like subtitle problem Mm. or if he just made a lot of these people that don't live on earth just like Mm. speak in a way that sounds crazy to someone from earth i it's i don't know Like they
1: forget their they forget their native language or something like that maybe i
2: mean that makes sense that like they're you know like they're not you know they're they're born from three polish people but they're not polish anymore they yeah, learn that right, language right. but that language is growing and changing yeah that kind of makes sense but it still makes the dialogue just like impossible yeah. to get into so like i you have to i had to remove like this dialogue is really dumb and i'm, I'm hating it <laughs> but the ideas and like the visuals are so good um and i even like went to like like I'm dealing with a five out of five and maybe like a one, one and a half out of five. Damn. Wow. Like putting it together. And like, so I, I highly recommend this because uh, first of all, people love it. Um, oh. You know, like all the people I know on letterbox that have seen it, like four out of five, five out of five, four and a half out of mm. five. Um, it definitely seems to be, it's not, it's not popular, but yeah. People yeah. People that have seen Zulowski stuff, love it. Um, and I want to recommend it just cause it looks so cool. Mm. And the ideas are so cool. Sounds
1: absolutely incredible. But, yeah,
2: I can't uh, I can't go... I got to give, it like, a 3 out of 5, though. Uh, if yeah. I'm just, like, averaging things together, I got to go 3 out of 5. But right, right. I would totally watch this again. And I want to find some DVD print of this or maybe just learn Polish so I can not have to watch the <laughs> subtitles. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds easy. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. a download, right? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, uh, I don't know. Who knows?
2: Yeah, and I don't... Could be so, a weird translation. This is the kind of thing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's like a legal option, you know, f- yeah, for us. Unless, unless you catch it at some retrospective, which doesn't really happen yeah. where we live. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless like you, know, you like, Perkins Row showing. Yeah, Zilofy. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to like, if you want to move to New York or LA, you could probably find this once yeah, every yeah. decade. But I don't think that's going <laughs> to happen
0: here. So yeah, yeah. did uh, did he say like why it was censored?
2: No, and I uh, didn't. Uh, I mean. You know totalitarian government they're part, yeah, they yeah. part of this weren't they part of the soviet bloc yeah yeah they're oh, yeah. definitely communist yeah at that time. yeah yeah but uh probably the religious aspect of it i yeah 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 uh, but i yeah i just didn't do enough reading into that aspect okay
0: yeah because like um i don't know i don't know if you've s- seen it but i mentioned uh last time i watched a uh, video drone in the supplements there's this like half hour thing with um uh, David Cronenberg um John Carpenter and John Landis and Mick Garris and they were talking about like um censorship and like Cronenberg was talking about how in Canada like you know they take all the part the parts that they don't like out of your movie and if you try to put them back and show it in Canada you'll be arrested I did not know that Yeah like uh, like it was funny cuz like John Landis hmm. was actually the one who brought up like that America was the only government that didn't have, like, you know, government censorship. And then, uh, Cronenberg starts talking about it, like, uh, you know, stuff with his movies. You know, like the, you know... I guess, I mean, it could have been some of the, some of the violence or gore aspects, but it probably was, like, whatever random sex stuff he had in his, in his movies. But yeah, like, um... But yeah, he was talking like even living in Toronto, like you know there was like heavy like government censorship, so like to see the move his movies the way he wanted to, he had to like come down to New York to actually watch them that way. So
2: here I was thinking the Canadians were cool. I know, right? It's weird. Sure. Yeah,
0: I I I I can get on my soapbox about Canada, but I won't.
2: <laughs> Are you from Canada? I don't know no, uh, Canada.
0: I I just I just don't like people. I don't. I don't know. It seems like people my age, for like the past, I don't know, five or six years, have just been talking about Canada like it's some Shangri La to the north, and it's like, y'all, it absolutely is not. I want to visit it. I've heard Vancouver's I mean, I mean, nice. I mean, yeah, I'd I'd like to visit Niagara the place. Falls that, is cool. Yeah,
2: I mean, I'd <laughs> like fit there once. Yeah. <laughs> but you went to the american side right no it's the Canada, just, uh, what? canadian side i did yeah traitor
3: well,
2: uh, my father in. my father tells me the canadian side is cleaner it is i can vouch for that
1: okay yeah mm.
2: at least it was like 10 years ago right yeah <laughs> but now now the americans now go to the other side so we probably made that dirty too yeah, yeah. true
0: well i mean that's that's tourists I know. in in general you know
2: Okay, so now
0: we're going to get into our surprise deep dive. Since John was our guest on this episode, we asked him to pick. And John, you
2: came up with... Billy Wilder's The Apartment from 1960, um, which I'm really upset about. Now that I know that Jonathan doesn't watch things from before 1960, I wish I had picked Sunset Boulevard, which is 1959. Damn. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um a little background on the apartment this is a movie that I have seen or I guess a little background on me in the apartment right this is a movie I have seen a few times now and the first time I saw it was in a class at LSU it was like a film and philosophy course mm. and then I watched it again when I went to film school for, who was uh, your teacher screenwriting at LSU? I have no idea I oh, don't oh. <laughs> sorry that was uh that was 11 years ago 12 years ago oh wow oh, okay. wow yeah um, yeah i 'm old <laughs> um, so it, the apartment has always struck me as like an important movie because well if two professors have told me to watch it
3: right yeah. it 's
2: got to be it 's got to be something and i don 't think I loved it in uh in college but um well i guess i'll 'll talk about that in a little bit, but the apartment is about uh this you know sucker doormat of a man mm-hmm. jack Lemon uh who <laughs> has gotten a situation where he is basically renting out his apartment to his (laughs) middle management bosses so that they can hook up with their mistresses. And he is doing this without compensation of any kind besides Mm -hmm. the possibly empty promises that he will one day be promoted to middle management himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of setup in this movie. The the premise is laid out very uh, carefully over the first forty minutes or so, uh, and it's it's pretty funny when they're laying. Or I found it funny when he, yeah. they're laying it out uh, because this guy uh, he has no life. He stays at work yeah. like until <laughs> so ten o'clock lame. at night, so that <laughs> these people can uh, you know. They like they don't just sleep with their mistresses. They like wine and dine the mistresses at yeah. the apartment. They're they're making him like order more <laughs> like s- liquor, snacks, and liquor Whatever to keep it. To those little cheese crackers yeah. you used to have. <laughs> and and of course we hear these bosses just like refer to this to Jack Lemmon's character as like a, he's just like the sucker.
1: Yeah. Yep, yeah, pretty much.
2: This guy is an idiot, and we take advantage of him. Yeah, um, and you know they're. Uh, in his office, he has a uh, you know an elevator operator that he is infatuated with, played by the lovely Shirley MacLaine. The very and, lovely um, Shirley MacLaine. And you know, uh, a little while into the movie, uh, a complication happens, and the movie takes a turn, and it gets interesting. In my very. opinion, yes. Um. So this is uh, again. The kind of, I don't want to call it a formative movie because I was already watching movies well into co- before college but this is definitely like a uh, this is considered like an important screenplay in comedy I think this is like mm-hmm. this is held as an ideal for setup and payoff in comedy which uh, I think is fair but this is also uh, kind of a weird movie How'd this get made in 1960?
1: Yeah. That's a good question. I kept asking myself that. Yeah. Especially with the, the dark humor towards the end. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of suicide talk and. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of suicide talk. And obviously the whole thing revolves around, uh, you know, adultery, sex. Yeah, yeah. But they never actually mentioned sex. So, I, I yeah, guess I, yeah. see, I see how they got that past the censors. We're just alluding yeah. to it. But yeah. the the suicide stuff does get strange. And I, you know, I don't know how comfortable you guys are with spoiling a uh, almost 60-year-old movie. Oh, we're going to but... spoil the hell oh, out of yeah. it. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, then let's just get straight to it. Uh, yeah. Shirley MacLaine <laughs> is in love with... With Fred McMurray, who is actually the boss of Jack Lemon's bosses, yeah, yeah, and uh Fred McMurray gets wind of this apartment situation, decides, of course, well I'll use it too, yeah, and uh <laughs> takes Shirley McLean there, who he has a an on again off again relationship with, mm. and uh eventually, like the asshole Fred McMurray is just like <laughs> is like, well, I'm gonna go home now because we're fighting, and I'm a dick, and uh you're gonna be okay, right and he walks out and jack lemon comes home later to a girl who has uh you know overdosed on sleeping pills and is uh yeah in a coma or um, uh, probably about to be in a coma yeah yeah so uh yeah shirley MacLaine, love of his life in love with another man and trying to commit suicide over him it gets yeah it gets dark yeah it's real dark there yeah you know like comedies do yeah yeah (laughs) So yeah, what uh you know? Let's just get some general thoughts. What do you guys think? I love this movie.
0: I gotta say, like I like I didn't I didn't know anything about it going into it. Um, you know, like like I've stated before, I've never seen any Billy Wilder movie ever. Um, <laughs> so, so, except know, this, for those this, five or six. First, yeah. <laughs> those those didn't count. Yeah, yeah. Th- that was that was just warm up. Um, but yeah, like like I, I already thought it was funny like like jack lemon um like especially like when he's like got the cold and like he's putting on putting on that nasally voice like he does it so oh, well
2: the cold the cold was so brilliant i'm just occasionally yeah. i'm just going to do that you're going to say something gonna pop in that was brilliant
0: yeah and yeah and it was it's like i love like uh, like the little like especially like towards the end when like um you know mcmurray confronts him like you know hey man uh you know i did all this for you so you're gonna play ball right you know and jack lemon like just sighs takes a key out of his pocket throws it on the desk goes back into his office hey man this is this this is the key to the washroom yeah i know i'm quitting <laughs> and you're like what and then, then like later on, when he when he's like packing packing up, and like he takes takes the gun out, puts it in the box, and like sh- and then like the very end of the movie, Shirley's like running up the stairs, pow! <laughs> and like he, it's like she's like banging on the door, and like he comes out with the champagne. And Brilliant
2: set up. Brilliant. The like
0: like already like before before that scene, it was a four and a half for me. But like then it was like. Fuck it, that's a
2: five. You yeah, know I mean? And like that, Jack lemon tells Shirley MacLaine an inspirational story about the time he tried to commit suicide yeah. with a gun. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the weirdest. And he just shit. tells it like with like you know just like it's like oh happy joyful story. Man, I was gonna off
1: yeah. myself and I accidentally shot myself in the knee.
2: Yeah, in front of a cop. <laughs> but you know, it's like if we talk about a gun near the end of the second act. Yeah, we're gonna see a gun. We're gonna have a gun in the third act, but that's we right. don't. We have a champagne bottle. Yeah, brilliant. Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> I personally
1: didn't think it was, like, super funny, but, like, I mean, I don't know. The you suicide know. stuff? No, or I mean, the f- whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I didn't find that funny. No, like, as a comedy, I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess most of it is aimed towards that, but, like, it's just a really well-done movie. Like, I don't know, like, especially the suicide stuff, like, it's just dark and for 1960 yeah like um, i didn't expect any of that at all like when you when you when you first texted me it was like we are going to watch the apartment i looked it up and i was like oh god <laughs> <laughs> like but yeah i, I was really surprised I, I enjoyed it quite a bit um yeah just That's- really well made like really yeah. well done and like you mentioned the screen uh, the screenplay like phenomenal really really well done
3: yeah <laughs>
2: And I, I will say really quickly that um, the apartment suffers from having maybe the worst like DVD cover of all time. Yeah. Which yeah, I think is still yeah. its IMDb poster of just yes. this bland yeah, image yeah. of Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine <laughs> yeah. sitting at a table. And it's just, it's like bright and just color. It's just, it's shitty. It's horrible.
0: I didn't know where this movie
1: was going at all. The,
0: the one that I have was uh, even worse. It's just a white background with, like, a red circle, and, like, Shirley MacLaine is standing in the middle, and, like, Jack Lemmon and Fred McMurray are, like, standing behind her, looking at the camera <laughs> and smiling. It's like, what is wait this? a second. This, this... She is not Doris Day. Like, this isn't one... This isn't some, like, you know, fun romp.
2: <laughs> no. and yeah. And I also... Yeah, you, know, you mentioned it's not like super funny comedy, and I agree. Is it's? I feel like it it moves to the beats of a comedy, and mm-hmm. there are f- funny things, and there are a couple parts where I laugh. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It's not like a zany. Yeah. Comedy. It's yeah. not a screwball yeah, yeah. comedy. Um, and yeah, it's it is. I I think the 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 comedy part might just be like the way Jack Lemon handles everything. Yeah, like, yeah. He. He's both, like, a straight man and just funny in the way he reacts. Because, like, he doesn't treat this suicide attempt the way I think anybody would treat a suicide attempt in in their house. Like, you come home, you're wasted on New Year's Eve, and there's this girl dying in your bed. And you're just like, time to get the hell out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like, yeah. very strange. Yeah,
0: because, like, well, at first he's like, all right, get out. Come on. O U T out and he's quoting the bartender from five minutes ago, but then he realizes like, oh god, she took all the sleeping pills, and then he you know boots the other girl out and you know like here here here's here's five bucks. Call your husband. I will and he'll punch your face in.
2: <laughs> um. So I guess uh, let's see fred mcmurray is in this fred mcmurray is the boss yeah fred mcmurray is maybe the least interesting character but i'll say definitely the worst performer of the of the ensemble here in in my opinion i just yeah the other you. the other bosses are i mean they have small roles but yeah, they are yeah. they're quite funny uh, the and way, they're, Yeah, they're believable, too. Yeah, like, and, like, and they're much more memorable, too. Yeah, I mean, Dobidge in the phone yeah. booth <laughs> yeah. is like, just 45 minutes, just 45 minutes. Make that 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All I need is 30 minutes. And I just think they're hilarious. And and I know that, like, this is a, an unlikable character on purpose, I think. And yeah, he's, yeah. like, the only one that doesn't have a sense of humor. But uh, I just, I don't love Fred McMurray in this role. <laughs> yeah, I would... I would agree. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's—I I wouldn't say he's bad, but he's like just like passable. And you know, like he's like he's right. got a job, and that's what he's doing.
2: And to me, his best scene is his first scene where uh, Jack lemon is called up to the office. He thinks he's going to get a promotion. Yeah. Uh, turns out he's going to get uh, scolded for this apartment thing. And there is a moment where McMurray goes from (laughs) interrogating Jack lemon about the apartment and like him doing something wrong to like digging for information about how he can get the apartment (laughs) that I, that I think is nicely done. Uh, and I'm, i probably give billy Wilder and his i I forget the name of the co-writer for this but uh, i probably give them more credit for that scene than the mcmurray yeah Yeah, because like him you know like you know
0: just dropping like you know hints the size of an elephant on jack lemons like and then like you know i'm told that you're actually a very quick and bright young
2: man (laughs) (laughs) oh well thank you sir so let's see um I guess uh, one of the things I noticed this time that I haven't really, I haven't really cared about before is just like the takedown of uh, like that '50s corporate culture. Like oh, yeah. this totally skewers like the Office, or or not not the show The Office, but like that <laughs> yeah. that Mad Men era yeah. of oh, the yeah, Office, yeah. where like. At the Christmas party, like, everyone is just, like, there's dancing on the tables. But, like, you could tell there are a lot of people that are just about to start fucking in, like, the cubicles. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's someone making out in Jack Lemon's office. Like, everybody in a position of management is, like, a, a horrible womanizer. They're all terrible people. Uh, they're all just superficial. And, and it's, like, the kind of company where, like, no one is doing a clear job. Like, yeah. they're just in an office. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> you're an executive, but you don't do anything <laughs> yeah at yeah. all like jack lemon's only job is really to just take appointments in his little appointment book for uh his bosses to screw their mistresses yeah but um i liked i, I just i f- i feel now like uh the Mad Men creator like basically took this story and made it much more serious yeah like I these are the Men yeah. people yeah yeah just with without a sense of humor yeah
0: i agree (laughs) i loved the fact that like like it starts out with like jack lemon doing the narration like we have xyz number of employees at at this firm and talking about how like you know everyone has different times and the office to like stagger it so the elevators aren't totally run down and and then he you know he gets to the point he gets to like the point of his little his little spiel and you know well and then you find out what's going on like he doesn't tell you explicitly like this is what's happening you just piece it together and a, li- a subtle little bit of comedy that like I- it was funny but it was also like ah oh. Like when he's like standing out in the lobby and like Shirley McLean comes around the corner, it's like, Hey, you know, you wanna go have have a drink or something? Like, no, I've got a date and he points at, yeah. points at this woman. She walks off and he walk and he walks like towards the woman but then he keeps going and she goes off with someone else. I like that
2: a lot. That was just, And I Yeah. My next question was going to be how do we feel about, you know, Billy Wilder's direction? And that was going to be the first thing I mentioned. That's that is the like the most uh, obvious kind of camera thing he yeah. does in this movie. Mm. But I, I find it very effective in that moment. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it again, it's all about the character. It's all about, yeah. you know, it shows us like Jack Lemon is, you know, he's heartbroken even though he's got this promotion. Yeah. And he's not going to put himself through the pain of walking this girl to the subway. Um, and he found a clever way to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah any other thoughts on Billy Wilder? Because...
0: Uh, I like him very much as a director. Like going back and seeing, like watching Ace in the Hole and rewatching Double Indemnity. Um, I want to go back and watch uh, Some Like It Hot again because I remember really liking that one. wasn't too crazy about Seven Year Itch, but I'll probably watch it again anyway. And I have Sunset Boulevard, but I think it's com- It might be coming to Perkins Row sometime soon because hmm. I've been seeing ads for it on Facebook from uh, fathom. So I'll, sh- I might just watch the
2: blu-ray or I might see it on the big screen. We'll and see. just an in-game correction. I think I mentioned that was from 1959. It's actually right. from 1950. Oh, I just right. it up. oh okay. Um, but yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, Billy Wilder can do a lot of, of things really well. And I think in his comedies, he tends to keep it, the direction pretty simple. Mm. Just kind of let these funny people do their thing. Um, but I did like the way he framed a lot of uh, the shots, especially in the office. It's like you can often see the like the, the corners of the ceiling or the like the top of the rooms and it's part of the part of the roof or ceiling. Sorry, mm-hmm. and that is not common in uh, old classic Hollywood movies that are filmed on a studio because they usually don't actually build that part of the yeah, set. Right. But he makes uh, he makes the characters just like look really big and silly in in the office like fred mcmurray barely fits in some of the doorways yeah yeah, yeah. and, and he, again he's he's a tall plank of wood uh, yeah and they don't really build doors for him but uh i just i, I found that interesting um mm. just a nice little visual
3: little
2: framing thing but, yeah yeah yeah
1: right. it felt authentic like the whole i mean yeah everything yeah. about everything about the movie like you like the, the i love the the doctor neighbor like I yeah. love that whole situation. Yeah. And he becomes like an inter- integral part later on, but uh yeah. yeah. And uh That was great.
2: I like when the doctor becomes an integral part. I it seems like the movie uh there's like a half hour there where the movie actually like kind of slows down. Yeah. yeah. Not and this is a 2 hour movie. It's 2 hour, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be comedy, but I I think like the movie is steadily moving You know, for the first maybe hour and a half. Yeah. And then we slow down and it kind of, we kind of let like this relationship breathe between Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon. Mm -hmm. And I I did like that change of pace and I I did love the doctor and his wife during that part. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. All right. Um, And then I guess uh, Shirley MacLaine. Hot. Thoughts? (laughs) Hot. (laughs) Yes.
1: No, she was great. Yeah. Um, Yeah, she
0: was like very very believable and very like very kind of like not understated but like just like natural i would say
1: i liked her short hair me too that was a great touch yes Um, especially for the time Mm -hmm. i don't know like uh felt a little like kind of like a feminist edge maybe with Mm -hmm. her character like she's just you know she's just at the will of all these men and then yeah. she kind of just takes it into her own hands.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially like tries when, the, uh, like, herself. like what's his face, like tries to
2: tries to feel her up, and she calls him out. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that was that was great. And that, yeah. <laughs> but look, the calling it out is just yelling at him with a yeah. smile. Yeah, That's cause, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. again, this is she has no other power. She's exactly. an elevator operator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just you know that part is sad. Yeah, yeah. like seeing. Like the the sexual politics in that office are funny because the characters are funny, yeah. But it's also horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a horrifying place to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, it would make me uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But then, like, and even Jack Lemmon, he fits into that office because, like, the first time he tries to ask for them to get on a date, he basically reveals his stalker profile. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just like oh, Jack. Jack. <laughs> what, are what are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess I could call him Baxter. <laughs> yeah. Which, is, of course, is like the. Does that movie the Baxter? Does that like where he plays like the, the permanent? Li- so it's like, have you guys seen the Baxter? Mm, okay. No. But never mind. I have a. <laughs> I have
3: a thought that I shouldn't go into. Okay. But
2: um.
1: C. C. Baxter.
2: <laughs> C. C. Baxter. Yeah. Um. Let's see. That's. You know. I. I could compliment this movie for, you know, two hours. Cause I could put it on and just be like, start talking about why this part is good and why that part is good. And yeah. keep going. Um, I will spare, I'll spare the audience <laughs> and you guys that, <laughs> but, um, you know, there are like some nice, I have like some nice little moments that, uh, that I love. Like when Miss Olsen, the secretary that used to sleep with Fred McMurray right, gets fired. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then calls Fred McMurray's wife and yeah. she's walking to the elevator and y- yells going down. Uh yeah. like it it like saying that loud, it feels like this obvious like yeah. stupid bit of dialogue to uh to help the audience re- like think about how Fred McMurray's about to, you know, have a, a bad life situation. Yeah. But uh it just like in the moment it feels really good. It's it's uh it's a little cathartic for Miss Olsen who I think uh we're not really supposed to like, but we're also feel sorry for her because she's caught up in this, yeah, you know, machine of, you know, being the mistress and then being thrown away. Yeah,
0: because like at first you you see her as just this like stereotypical like secretary listening in on the boss's phone calls and like you know drunkenly uh, spilling the beans about Fred McMurray and the whole apartment situation, and uh, but then like you know. Like the cruelest thing you ever did was keeping me on to see all the new models walk yeah, through. Yeah, it's like
2: whoa, <laughs> yeah, whoa. And I don't, you know, did you, I won't call this movie predictable. I don't, I don't really think it is. And you know, you said no. you don't really see where it's going, but when you think about each moment, or when I think about each moment, I can clearly see where like that idea was introduced earlier. Yeah, like, yeah. When Fred McMurray tells uh jack lemon like let's you know just get me an extra key because miss Olson, my secretary she's you know she's just this busybody. she's always in the in my business you know yeah. <laughs> it's just an unnecessary risk and then of course she's not really just up in this business she is you know a heartbroken woman who's yeah. made to watch her boss sleep with all these women it's uh yeah yeah it's
3: very it's just well, well, written. well written. Yeah. Yes. It's
2: just, have, <laughs> have we said that yet? Yeah. Is it, yeah, yeah. Is it well written?
0: Yeah. Because, like, yeah, like, you know, comedy, drama, you know, you can, you can, you know, talk all you want about that. But, like, just as, as a story, it's so solid. Like, there's, you know, nothing, there's no holes in this ship.
1: I mean, ma- making this a serious movie, though, would would not be good. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I like I, I, like the yeah. comedy like the comedy aspects do keep you engaged, but it's just kind of like a total package. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's got like everything, I don't know. Yeah,
2: this yeah. I could totally see this same exact story being like just some shitty Oscar bait movie. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, yeah everything is too serious yeah. <laughs> and like uh, you know, it, they wouldn't be played by Jack lemon and Shirley MacLaine, but like those characters are now delivering these like ridiculous speeches to each other yeah it it would be it would be a nightmare yeah or or in my opinion would be i I it would i don't like (laughs) yeah i don't like shitty oscar bait movies yeah me neither um so i I guess uh i have one part this is like the only thing i don't love in this movie because i don't know how to feel about it Uh uh the last line uh and like, I mean, we spoiled the shit out of it already, but like, this is a <laughs> this is a famous last line. It's like a famous. It's probably on like that AFI list of a hundred quotes. Uh, you know, shut up and deal. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about this because this feels like one of the only moments where, like, you just see Billy Wilder coming up with like a, a zippy, line to end his movie. Yeah, um, yeah and and what actually happens in that scene like where they play Jin rummy again and you know she's run back uh to to his apartment after leaving the new year's eve party mm-hmm. you know like i'm down with all that i like that yeah uh i just don't know how i feel about shut up and deal as i mean it's just is it too obvious or does it even mean anything what, what do we think i don't know because i don't know what to think
0: yeah i mean well like she could you know like you know um what's what's her last name again he keeps calling her that through in the entire movie it's amazing that i cannot remember that right. yeah i don't know i can't two k's because that's what he tells the doctor it's like
2: kubalik Kubelik. 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 I know.
0: yeah yeah it's I, love hard to say. I love you i love you miss Kubelik, and uh yeah, I mean, like, she could have said, you know, I love you, Mr. Baxter. Baxter. But I don't know if that would have been better
2: uh, I, than, I definitely, than Shut Up and Deal. And I definitely don't think that would have been better. Yeah. I, I like that she is not, like, it makes sense that she would not just, like, want to commit to, like, I love you. I want to jump in this relationship. She's been. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. She says earlier, she's just been, like, in this string of shit relationships. Yeah. You know. and Yeah. It's, I'm not even, sh- I'm not sure that they are now a romantic item. It's possible that she has just friend zoned, uh, <laughs> Baxter and it's just like, she would rather spend her time with someone that cares for her than, you know, this horrible person right. that she was wasting her time with. You know, I, I think there's evidence that it will be a romantic relationship, but yeah, it, it makes sense to me that she would not just be like, I love you too. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, think, yeah, thinking about it now, like that's actually like a very, very progressive way to to end that. You know, where you know she's not just a typical woman who's, you know, just you know, man, man, yeah. man, 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 the right man.
1: She definitely has a progression through the film. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. After she kills herself, she's. I mean, she kills. Yeah. Tries to kill herself. Sorry. Uh,
2: ghost. Ghost <laughs> McLean. Yeah, yeah.
1: When she goes back from the dead, she's uh Yeah, she's definitely more confident. I don't know. I feel. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like she definitely has like a better you know perspective yeah. on life and what she knows that she wants. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Right, so um, I mean, unless you guys have anything else, I guess we should do. Uh do ratings and i should probably talk into the microphone yeah um, <laughs>
3: this
2: is the, um, we're gonna find out in editing that this is just a, a two-way conversation where <laughs> yeah got, we, you guys sound we, like you're answering questions but no one knows what the yeah question we, was. we've just been agreeing
1: with it just sounds like it. you're in the other room <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> this is a problem i mean i'm unpracticed i've never nah, you're good. well yeah
1: you got well, most of it
2: yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah so let's uh let's do ratings kevin five out of five I'm going for it. I thought it was great. Four? four. Yeah. Solid. I enjoyed it. Um, well, I, for the first time in my life, I made like a, a top 50 film list. Uh-huh. And I surprised myself with where I put this. Uh And it was before I rewatched it yesterday. Hmm. I put this at number six. Wow. Of wow. all time. So I'm going to go ahead and do, you know, what you guys do and say six out of five. This is a, This is a top 10 movie for me. I, am. Is, I love it, and that's like the way I made my top fifty. I was like, only one film per director. Uh, if if I didn't have that rule for myself, Sunset yeah. Boulevard would have also been in my top fifty, and uh, and maybe maybe something else by Billy Wilder. Right, maybe the maybe the last week. But well, this weekend. is number
1: six. What's your top five?
2: You gotta make me. I, I, yeah, you gotta make I, me I, remember yeah. this. Yeah, uh, well, I yeah, can tell I mean, you. Uh, could tell you number one without uh, looking it up. I'm pretty sure it went uh, In the Mood for Love, the Wong Kai Wai, Kar Wai movie. Uh, Stalker, which I think you guys have talked about. Someone's oh, yeah. talked about that Bye. recently. Um, and now I can't remember. It's, on my, it's on my Stalker, film though. star I list. I mean,
1: that's, that's all you need.
2: Yeah, I love Stalker. A big fan of Stalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if my list could just be... It, and again if I didn't have that one film per director rule it would just be Wilder and Tarkovsky and <laughs> uh, just like a couple other movies I don't yeah because I'm a, you know I'm just a tool like that uh, do you guys like uh, Tarkovsky huge
3: fan
0: I've liked a lot of what I've seen I'm not as huge a fan as, as the Johns but uh, like Stalker fucking awesome
1: Saw it on the big screen last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the shit. How yeah. did you do that? It was in New Orleans uh, whenever amazing. they released the Criterion. Oh, they were showing it in New Orleans. Yeah. And it very, was It was
2: amazing. I'm very jealous of that. That sounds awesome. Very, yeah. very nice. Yeah, I've never, for years, I had only seen it on oh, a yeah. VHS tape that I checked out from my major God. video. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I, the first time I watched it was the day after I got my wisdom teeth out. Mm. And I had to pause it a couple of times to throw up whatever medicine I was taking for yeah. a, the pain, like the the painkiller stuff. But uh, oh man, I watched it twice that weekend because so I was like, "This is definitely the best thing I've ever seen."
1: Uh, I'd only seen it on the Kino DVD, which is oh. pretty awful. Like uh. it's uh, it's not a very good. Uh... All right, but, uh, thank God, Criterion rescued it.
2: So real quick, I'll do my top ten. Since uh, yeah, sure, you cool. guys are Sounds never going to invite me back So <laughs> I fucked it all up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Casablanca is ten. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which that's like a, a half nostalgia thing. Yeah, uh-huh, I yeah. still like I, I watch that at least once every two years. I still love it, but I I definitely can't separate it from the way I felt about it. Yeah, definitely. In yeah, in high yeah. school. Um, let's see. A movie by uh, Otto Preminger called Daisy Kenyon at number eight, mm. which, is, uh, which is like a fantastic noir, noir movie starring Joan Crawford. Mm. Uh, the Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Cherber, Cherbourg? I don't know how to say it. Jacques Demy, French musical. Mm. Uh, Only Angels Have Wings, which is a Howard Hawks movie from 1939 at number six. So I lied about the placement of the apartment. Seven Samurai at number five. Oh God. The apartment at number four. Oh Whoa. wow. What? Wow. And then uh Hiroshima Monomore, stalker in the move for love. Cool, cool. Nice. I need to check out it in
1: the move for love.
0: Yeah. Speaking of ratings, um, have you
2: ever rated something four point seven five? I mean, I I've never like made a note on letterbox that I, I believe this is a four point seven five, but okay yeah in my brain I'm thinking this this is a to <laughs> right. five and you know I I don't give out a lot of fives because the first time I watch something I'm I'm always so nervous that like what I'm feeling is not going to stick yeah um, right and it, it's and it, it you know it's happened where I've only seen a movie once and give it a five because I was so confident but uh, you know there are movies that, that definitely go up to five or they'll go up to a 4.75 they'll live in the middle I don't know okay and, you know, there are some movies that are where I should... I think if I watch them, this will probably be a five. I just haven't gone back and done it. Okay. But I know on Letterboxd, I definitely appear stingy. <laughs> maybe, maybe I am. I don't know. Well, for a long time, my nickname was Two Star Ted. So, <laughs> don't think, feel too bad. You were just having some, some shitty luck with what you were picking. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And that's All know. right. Okay. So,
0: we have some feedback let's see so the first question is from cedric Mannheim. <laughs> yo fucks best movie soundtrack in your opinion not score not composer soundtracks songs mine is forest gumper what music you listen to in general thanks for the show you heard said okay Okay,
2: um <laughs>
1: just, just yeah. for proof. Let's yeah. do <laughs> <laughs> You didn't make this up. Yes. All right. Um yeah, John.
0: Yeah, that goes out to all listeners okay. for uh Film Yak. If you write it out, we will read it as you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just like the teleprompter in anchorman. I promise.
2: So, I, I am uh I'm terrible at this kind of question. Same uh I don't I'm, I'm better at like thinking of great scores than I am of great soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, cause all the soundtracks I can think of are like from teen comedies. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and so my only answer for this is, uh, you know, the soundtrack from my favorite teen comedy, can't hardly wait. Uh, part of that is just like, I love watching that movie. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's terrible. I know that. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I mean, know I know the words to like every single song on that soundtrack is just you know shitty yeah. '90s alt rock. You know, I'm pretty sure Third Eye Blind appears on that soundtrack. My God,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I mean, like, I don't, I don't like. I have a you know nostalgic weakness for a lot of stuff from the '90s, including you know, the you know like Third Eye Blind and pretty much everything that sounds like them vaguely. Yeah,
2: I mean. It- me too. I've seen Third Eye Blind twice in the past couple of years. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I'll, and I'll go again tomorrow if they if they show up. Cool. But yeah, so it's got to be something like that. Otherwise, I don't, like, I don't love, yeah. I love scores. I don't love using rock music or pop music. I mean, it's uh, it's it's appropriate sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, and there, of course, is like Scorsese has made an art of it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say he shouldn't do that but uh, I just, he likes the usually, he does. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and Wes Anderson, you know, yeah, yeah. he, Wes Anderson introduced he's, me to the kinks. I, pretty, I like the kinks. He's
1: pretty, he's pretty masterful. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were talking about the life aquatic earlier. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pretty,
2: pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I do not like the Darjeeling limited at all. Is that what, that's the name of the movie, right? Darjeeling. Darjeune. I haven't seen it. What's is that the name of the movie? Yeah, Dur- okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I I like that movie. So. I, I don't like that movie. <laughs> so like, but I, I love the music. Like, yeah, in that you're movie. definitely
0: not coming back. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> Leave now. Yeah. Get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wes Anderson has got those music chops. He does.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd probably have to go with like, uh, probably like a Sofia Coppola movie. Probably Lost in Translation. Because I I had that on CD. And then I also had the uh, Virgin Suicides uh, soundtrack on CD as well. Mm. Uh, Which I think was totally done by Air. The band Air. Mm -hmm. I think. I can't remember. But uh, Lost in Translation, I haven't seen it in like forever. But that movie was really big for me when it came out. Mm. And uh, the soundtrack is, from what I remember, pretty great. It's got a lot of like... 80s and 90s like shoegaze and shit like uh, My Bloody Valentine and mm. actually she got Kevin Shields like out of retirement to do some original songs hmm. which was pretty awesome but uh, I didn't know that yeah That's and cool. uh, I think it also has like Jesus and Mary chain and I don't know yeah this is a difficult question and <laughs> I I kind of I mean I'd have to go with that either, though I guess
0: yeah like, uh, like I definitely like like so many of Wes Anderson's soundtracks Although, like, lately, like, with, uh, Grand Budapest and now Isle of Dogs, like, it's pretty much all score, hmm. um, and, um, I mean, they're not bad scores by any means, like, uh, Desplat won the Oscar for the one for Grand Budapest, um, I wasn't super crazy about the one for Isle of Dogs, but, I mean, I'll have to, like, watch the movie to see how it actually, like, fits in. Oh,
2: so you've listened yeah, to the yeah. whole, oh, okay.
0: Um... But yeah, like Wes Anderson and like uh, Tarantino has a lot of good soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, um,
2: yeah. The uh, so this is just like a, a nine, an art born in the nineties. Yeah, good soundtracks. Yeah, and, kind like, of. Good. Yeah, because I mean, like, like then, well, like the next one I was gonna say was uh,
0: Clerks, because I remember it having a pretty decent. Hmm.
2: Hmm, Number of songs on that. I really can't remember Me either. Clerks at all. I can't remember like a single <laughs> damn song I really in that. Can't. Yeah, <laughs>
3: huh.
2: yeah.
0: Like I'm, I'm waiting. Like I'm surprised that like Clerks hasn't been released on Criterion yet because like they really they had Chasing Amy for a long time, but I think the DVD of that is out of print.
2: I think Chasing Amy fell into that. Like every once in a while, especially earlier in the run, they had like the, the movies they released. I think to make some money like Armageddon oh, yeah, and, the yeah, Rock, yeah, yeah. and and I know like chasing Amy has has a lot of admirers and fans. Uh, but chasing Amy feels more like those movies than a lot of the other stuff they were putting out. I could see that at that yeah. time for sure. But, but, uh, yeah.
0: And I mean, I guess like, I don't know. I'm sure there's some movies from the eighties that have decent soundtracks. Like pretty much every John Hughes movie, just about. Oh yeah, uh, duh. <laughs> yeah, like all, all the you know,
2: like Ferris Bueller Pink. and Breakfast Club and Breakfast Club. See, that's yeah. just further proof that I am terrible at this kind of <laughs> yeah like, brain inventory. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, just didn't even enter my mind. Yeah, yeah, those have great soundtracks. Yeah, and like
0: '90s action movies, like. Like with all all of the like uh, like techno slash industrial remixes of heavy metal songs for like you know like uh, like the Matrix and um, oh God uh, Mortal Kombat, Rage Against the Machine credits. Yeah, on,
1: on, on the Matrix.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's the shit? I yeah. love metal, but that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it can be. <laughs> not, not gonna lie.
2: Um, how about have you guys seen uh, Michael Haneke's Funny Games?
0: Yes. Yeah,
2: that's got an interesting soundtrack. Very. <laughs> where, like, the soundtrack is meant to be just so off-putting to get you kind of ready for the movie. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, though I hated that music, or it's just like so jarring to hear in like a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was effective. Yeah. Certainly did its job. Definitely.
0: All right, and our second question from our pal Rustin, he asks. Uh, first, I want to mention the pirate movie Cutthroat Island. I recall it's one y'all didn't mention when you guys were trying to think of pirate-related movies mm-hmm. on the last podcast with the Master Commander deep dive. Anyhow, my question is, what would be your most expensive slash collectible copy of a film you own on any format?
1: That's a question for John. Not you. The other yeah. One. I figured.
0: <laughs> I don't... Maybe... I'm, do you like obsessively collect blu-rays and
2: dvds no i, I just... used to um i used to have a large collection there was a point when when john and i met in grad school uh-huh where um you had more his was growing and mine was was shrinking oh. So i think we kind of met for a moment hmm. but since then i have uh I have sold or given away most of my DVDs. I keep all Criterions as a rule. Yeah. Um, I've kept most of my Blu-rays just because I'm more more selective when I'm purchasing them. Yeah. Um, But I have have a few, like, interesting things. I have, like, this really strange import set for uh, this Chinese movie called The Hero. Mm -hmm. I I said that like it's some obscure movie. (laughs) It's one of the (laughs) most popular Chinese movies probably in America ever. Um, but I, you know, it's like I I searched for it on Amazon once when I was trying to like see if I should sell it, and like it wasn't worth a lot of money or anything, but it was you know probably like fifty bucks, and that's probably it, fifty bucks. Sweet. Yeah. I don't have anything rare, and I don't have, I don't have like crap, the craft on laser disc like some awesome, people dude. do. <laughs> <laughs> I actually
0: I actually bought that as a goof. 'Cause like I was planning on going to this party where people were supposed to bring crafts <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not the craftiest person in the world, so I figured like, you know, the craft on laserdisc would be some you know, it would be a conversation
2: piece at the least. Yeah, at least. But then I ended up <laughs> <It> would've not... <laughs> if it was my party it would have been.
0: Yeah. But, but uh yeah, I ended up not going to that party. So <laughs> Oh well.
2: You just have the craft. Yeah, no, it's in just, your house. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: let's see. My most expensive. It's probably um, I got uh, Alan Moore's movie showpieces, and it comes with like um, it's a, it's a huge thing with like the DVD and the soundtrack on CD, and like a fairly big book with like the script and like some storyboard stuff. But uh before that was like I remember when I was younger, this must have been like two thousand and five or six, I actually went down to New Orleans to the Virgin Megastore. Oh yeah. I and I love piece. that place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I went there to buy Criterion's three DVD set of Brazil. Hmm. And that was like I wanna say fifty bucks at the time.
2: Hmm. Oh, I have, I have that too. Mm. I'm bad at memory. That's what I'm finding <laughs> out. So I, I do have like a couple of Criterion sets. Like I have the the uh, Eat not Eat Zatoichi the uh, like mm-hmm. the Blind Swordsman. I have that whole set. Oh Which yeah, was, yeah. I don't know why I bought that. It's a, like a hundred bucks. Those are great movies, but Something yeah, yeah. Well, some of them are great movies, but yeah.
0: And uh, are you still going through the Olympic thing?
2: no because i ran out of olympic movies that were available on filmstruck Oh, okay and like again i'm not buying that criterion set of olympic movies yeah that is <laughs> not a good purchase i don't think uh, or not a smart purchase
0: yeah no offense to criterion because you know regular listeners will know that we actually love
2: criterion probably more than we should but it's like uh, a but yeah i have like a mission in life to watch every criterion movie Oh. And I was really close before they put out that fucking Olympic set, oh, which was damn. like 60 mm. movies. Oh yeah, yeah. like Really, really messing Jeez. with my game here. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a real problem in my life right now.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um.
1: It's probably, it's probably like a criterion something. I don't know. I have like the right. brackets collection. Hmm. That's probably like a hundred bucks or so. Um as far as like rarity though <clears throat> I have a copy of uh the end of Evangelion, the movie that ended Evangelion, the show, the oh, anime. Right, the anime right, right. Which was like ten dollars when I bought it, but it's like eighty bucks now on eBay and it keeps just co- it keeps going up. So uh
2: I think the uh, it's pretty
1: pretty rare. I think <laughs> nice.
2: It's like all the the remastered versions of that or of that series are what's available now, right? Yeah,
1: you can't even you can't buy anything. Yeah, it's yeah. just the re huh. the redo stuff. Um, yeah. I think that's it. I don't know. I really, I really don't collect at all. I just buy Criterion right, right. stuff. Um,
2: yeah. And I don't even
1: obscure stuff. I don't know. Just oddities. I don't yeah. really buy like anything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> after after moving like a few times yeah, in a few years, exactly. I was like, yeah, yeah, do I need all these? Like, I used TVs to have a anymore?
1: shitload of movies, a shitload of books, and a shitload of records. And Now it's just a shitload of records, slowly a moderate amount of books, and a very small amount of movies. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: I'm trying to I'm trying to read through my books so I can get rid yeah. of some. Yeah, but yeah. you know, if I read a book, I'd have to not watch a movie, <laughs> right? And that's unacceptable, right? Yeah
1: all right all right it's almost so, six o'clock yeah I guess Damn.
0: I guess that does it so thank you Rustin and thank you Cedric and thank you John for filling in for lesser John <laughs> and, yeah. thanks for having me yeah, It's fun and, and again we wish all the best to lesser John and Amelia and Nicole yeah so and this is
2: what happens when you miss John we make fun of you
0: yes so I mean he knew he knew what was he could happen. be
2: on Skype right now
0: yeah yeah i mean i mean yeah
1: chooses not to yeah
0: so anyway so let's see yeah so the next time is probably gonna still be up in the air um john we might ask you to fill in again if if you're up for it um and so yeah the next deep dive will be a surprise too. (laughs) so stay tuned for that and we will see you next time and if you have any questions for us that you want to have read out verbatim please send them in to feedback at
1: filmiacpodcast.com we'll read anything for money
0: exactly (laughs) (laughs) and thank you for
3: listening Who does he think he is? Yeah. He's an asshole.